This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the latest episode of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com today and check out Paul Mamino's article on Zach Plesak. What makes him so good? What's the deal with his command? Find out at rotofanatic.com right now. It's episode 82, the Brooks Krisky edition. Today's show has a guest that we have long sought out. Technically, Michael's done podcasts with him before in the past, but this is the first time he is making his debut on the Palazzo Podcast. And it's in a perfect time because he is officially back in the saddle again, writing for Fantracks.com. He's known for his do's and don'ts. That's right, we are rocking with Dockin. Nathan Dockin is in the house. Give it up for my main man. Join your host, Michael Govier, as Nathan and Michael explore insane fantasy takes on a massive scale right before spring training ends and the regular season begins. As always, this one's going to be a doozy, and there's going to be a shitstorm of information in this episode. So you better get your umbrella out, because this is going to be intense. Take it away, boy! You are now tuned in live to the latest episode of the Hands Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network. I am going to be doing the show by myself, but not solo. Means no Deary. Deary's off tonight. He'll be back tomorrow when we have Simon Dyson at Hanron Baseball. Really cool up-and-coming dude who's funny, but he's genuine. Really loves baseball. It's quite impressive. Don't forget, it's Palazzo Podcast or ProtonMail.com if you want to email the show. And, of course, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. On all your standard social media platforms. We'd love to hear from you and engage with you. Today's guest is a guy that I am really glad is on the show because there was a time where I thought maybe that wouldn't be the case anymore, but he is back and better than ever. He even made an announcement today that he is going to be writing again for fans tracks. If you didn't catch that earlier, this is the guy. He's got dudes and he's got don'ts. Pick one. 
Either way, this guy's my dude. He's Nathan Dockin. Nathan, welcome to the show. What's up, Go? Thanks for having me on. It is uh, seriously great to be talking to you again. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. I mean, we did some Road Fanatic shows last year. We used to do, what did we call it? The, uh, the morning relay we did there. We did the Sunday night pods. Those were fun. And remember remember the uh, Jose Barrios no-hitter was going on? Didn't quite work out. Remember that night? That was, was that, that was Jose? Catch, or? Catching no, was... Maeda. Yeah, it's kind of Yeah, he was rolling and, you know, almost rolled his way to Cy Young, but not quite. He truly is the ace this year of that staff, though. Is that fair to say or not? Absolutely. Yeah, I believe he's going to be the opening day starter, and I don't see why that would not be the case. He's, I mean, after the season he had last year, he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, Jose Brios has been there longer, but, you know, Kent is more the veteran, and it's just his time right now. I don't think it's about length of roster stay more than the fact that he is just he's got it all lined up and he's got his best years to give right now like this is it this is his prime you're even though he's a little older at 33 i still feel like he's got plenty in the tank to give yeah well it's not like the dodgers ever ran him into the ground with innings pitched or anything you know they were always limiting him <laughs> however they could so uh that's one thing the, the leash is off with the twins baby they're just gonna let him roll so it's i think it's gonna be another great year for him he's still tinkering too like he just is not satisfied so I think it's going to be another great year for him. Yeah, I ended up keeping him in my home keeper league, which is eight keepers. It's a head-to-head league, but it's uh, my home league. It always will be. Shout out to BYB, everybody out there in the BYB world. And I was initially kind of worried about it, but now I feel good about it because I could have kept Corbin Burns too. But I went with Maeda because I feel like I'm going to get more innings pitched. And that's just a hunch because there's nothing else to support that. I just think he's the ace. He's the horse. He's been around longer. And I can rely on, I don't know, maybe 20 more innings pitched. And that's a big difference, in my opinion. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think I would have made that choice as well. Um, You know, depending on how long you get to keep guys and all that kind of stuff, of course, because, you know, said made is quite a bit older. I do like Burns, but yeah, that's the problem I have with his ADP this year is I just don't know if the innings pitch are going to be there. Yeah, that's the big issue. Oh, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff like that. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are live with Nathan Dockin at Nathan Dockin. That's two Ks on Twitter. And Nathan, real quickly, I mentioned it, but let's talk about it again. You are officially going to be writing once again at Fantrax. How do you feel about it? And what can people expect? Yeah, this one, I think I'm out. They pulled me back in. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, here one. I am. Uh, yeah, Cross brought me back, and uh, so shout out to him. Uh, always love working with that guy. One of the great dudes in our in our industry. Hey, you um, said so, it, man. Yeah, you got to do it. So yeah, I'm going to be going back doing the starting pitcher barometer every week, which is going to be ranking the top 100 pitchers every week, and you know blurbs on the risers, the fallers, the newbies, all that kind of fun stuff. If you've followed me in the past, it's going to be the same thing. Doing it all over again. I missed it. I love it. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. But the first thing that I'm going to have coming out, of course, is my annual dudes and don'ts which is just, you know, a fancy term for sleepers and busts. So that's going to be coming out very shortly here. I'm just going to be a condensed version of it this year. Just one post on the dudes and one on the don'ts. Uh, but yeah, I, as, as soon as uh, we agreed to, to bring me back to fan tracks, that was the first thing that came to my mind since it is still draft season. I got to get those out. Got the urge. I love it. You're a fantasy baseball's better with you in it. So I'm glad that you're still going to be kicking that. it. I know, I do mean that. You know, like I got to meet Nathan last year when we did our Rota Fanatic biz, and I'm glad we got that opportunity. And I just think we'll all be better off. The barometer was a standard. Hell, I didn't even know it was a standard when we first met at Rota Fanatic because people had to tell me that. Because 
even though I've played fantasy baseball for 20 years, there's always stuff I you don't know. There's writers. There's so many content providers that sometimes you just can't know every single person and what they do. But uh, I learned quickly that you're a big deal. And I remember I told Van this, which I went on the nasty cast twice, that I remember sitting in my kitchen in like April, March 2020. And I just started doing the show two months prior. And I was listening to the nasty cast. You guys were cracking jokes. And I was like, oh, man, I love this show. This is this is my kind of show. I want to do a show like this. And now, now here we are doing the Palazzo Pod together. Yes, and I shout out to those guys as well. They're still cranking <laughs> out the nasty cast. <laughs> of course, yeah. I've done that for a long time. You know, I don't have any uh, podcast plans in my immediate future because it kind of easing back into things. But they're still kicking ass over there on the nasty cast. And uh, I was actually on there just a, a scant few weeks ago, and I'd uh, I, at that point, I had no plans of writing, so I uh, mentioned my dudes and don'ts on that show, or as I uh, described it at the time, I, I think I basically just spewed names all over the audience because I felt like I was just talking the whole time uh, that I was on there. <laughs> but uh, now yeah, I can actually Michael have Fulmer them on that form. show, dude. I got pissed. I wasn't. Yeah, well, that, and then he gave so. up like nine runs and two innings the next day. Listen, I I want Michael Fulmer to be a thing more than you do because I have him in my 2014 score sheet league. And I had high hopes of him being an ace years and years ago. And he just keeps crushing my dreams every year. So I'm rooting for the guy. But God, has he just been terrible. I wonder if they just need to send him to AAA and, you know, rework his delivery or something. But it's just not happening right now. Damn, 24 teams. I'm in a score sheet league, but it's only AL. So I can't imagine it. That must be like deep. That's like basically like full rosters. It's it's a league, dude. It is. Uh, it's full of guys who are all smarter than me. Every single one of them. They're like uh, you know baseball prospectus guys and you know, other other industry guys that are just brilliant. And it's basically an MLB simulation. Uh, Eighty five man rosters, twenty four teams. It, it's awesome. It is so much fun. I would just wish I was better at it. <laughs> that is so. Man, that is intense. Yeah. I, this is going to be my second year score sheet. It's not fantasy for those of you out there who are like, oh, what score sheet? It's, way different. It is. It's way different. But it is interesting. If you like uh, baseball simulations and you're into like RPG stuff beyond baseball, yes. if you like strategizing, then it's perfect for you because you could control a lot of the details of how your managers would carry out orders and how long pitchers can pitch, how long you want your relievers to go, all these things, all these details. So it's it's fun. It costs money. To, you don't win any money either. You just pay to play. But I like it. So. I, I absolutely love it. I, I haven't done any other score sheet. Like this league is so intense that uh, everything is done on like Google spreadsheets and everything. It's handled totally separately. Um, so I haven't done any standard score sheet leagues, but it's so much fun every week going in there and you set your own lineup and your own rotation, your own bullpens, everything. And it's just, yeah, it's, I would highly recommend it to anybody who's looking for something a little bit different than your typical fantasy roto league. Yes, sir. Bob. Well, today's show, we're going to talk about spring training injuries. Uh, who is going to benefit from these injuries that we could be looking to. And we'll talk about some insane fantasy takes. We got Nathan on the show. We got to get his insane fantasy takes before the season gets underway because that's how we do it here. Insane fantasy takes. We'll get to that later in the show. And, of course, a little, some ADP scenarios. Yes, drafts are still happening. This is like the last full week before the season kicks off. So we want to make sure we're still supporting you guys out there. It'll be weird. Uh, Russell Withers actually brought it to my attention on Twitter today that after today, uh, shout out to Russell, of course, he does great gifts. You ever seen Master and Commander, by the way? 
I have not, no. Yeah, well, he does tremendous Palazzo podcast gifts related to Master Commander. It, it's too long to explain. For those of you that have listened to the show or watched the show for a while, you know that Russell makes these great gifts about Master and Commander because it's just dumb enough that it works. But at any rate, he reminded me that ADP won't really be a thing when the season starts. Who? No one. There'll be no need to talk about ADP anymore, and that's kind of weird to me. I actually sat down for a moment. I was like, wow, yeah, no more ADP talk. It's going to be... It's going to be painful for me, Nathan. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. Oh, but it's a fun transition, and you actually get to see stats on the page. <laughs> Players playing baseball, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, no, it's, it only ADP only really is worthwhile keeping into consideration for a very time after the season begins. You know, you don't want to overreact to the small samples, obviously, but you get to a certain point. Once you're past like a month into the season, you have some small all samples weirdness going on, but you have to throw ADP out the window. Uh, you know, I would say after April, once you're getting into May, yeah, you see how guys are really performing and you have to adjust based on that. You can't say, Oh God, I drafted this guy in the eighth round. He's really sucking. I got to hang on to him. Right. I got to keep starting him. No, you don't. You could trade for other people. You could <laughs> pick somebody up in the interim, you know, <laughs> let go. Let go of the ADP. It's hard to, though. It's really hard to. Violation. You must let go. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm ready. I'm ready for stats. I am so excited. Even though we've had some injuries develop here in spring training, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what we get in production. And this is the time. Everybody, if you need any help, you can email the show, Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's, as you know. Utah. Give me I'm two. Keep doing that every time I do that. So don't forget <laughs> that you can connect with us, ask us questions. We're here to help you. We really do. We, me and Deary, I speak for Deary as well. We want to serve and try to provide any type of just a reflector, even if it's just someone to bounce an idea off. Of. Hey, I'm not sure about this guy. What do you think of this? I mean, we're not going to give you every correct answer, but we aim to please, and we certainly do try. So in the spirit of that, it's time to do some housekeeping, and that's when we play the old Mr. Belvedere music. Do you remember Mr. Belvedere at all, Nathan? I do not, I'm afraid. Before my time, I think. You you must have just missed out because Mr. Belvedere was a sweet man. He took care of Wesley and Bob Euchre was there running around the house being silly. It was a very strange time in America that this was a national sitcom, but it happened. And I I guess I'll have to go back and I'll go buy the VHSs on Amazon. I'm sure they exist. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if Mr. Belvedere's streaming anywhere. Yeah, that's a no. good question. But at any rate, uh, he was a housekeeper. He took care of things. And that's why we play the Belvedere music to do some housekeeping. I want to say thank you to everybody who has been a part of the show recently. Tomorrow, we have Simon Dice is going to be on the show. Really excited about that, like I mentioned. And, of course, last week, everybody who was a part of the show, the Upper Decker crew, Paul Mamino, Crosby Spencer, thank you guys for doing what you do. We had a really great time, and I think we learned a lot on the show as well. So hopefully you learned as much as we were able to share with you. And of course, Michael Simeon, SP Streamer. Thank you for being on the show last week. Really had a good time. And I want to give a shout out to my guy, TJ. Now, TJ asked me to do something that I didn't know if this exists. Now, I want you to chime in on this, Nathan. You play Dynasty, right? Oh, yeah. So are there rankings is it easy to find points league dynasty rankings i'm talking dynasty points league specifically there are points leagues rankings and there are dynasty rankings out there but it was hard i couldn't find points league specific rankings for dynasty 
You know, I don't know that any of that comes to mind. Eric Cross, you know, at Fantrax does all kinds of rankings. I believe he just for OBP, you know, and um, James Anderson does that at Rotowire as well. But I, I don't know if anybody does points dynasty rankings. Yes, um, I would this probably. Is what I found. Yeah, I would probably follow along a little bit more of the OBP adjustments with if I was doing a points league, you know, because then it counts the walks at least, but it's still going to be a little bit wonky. It's not going to, you know, especially because a lot of points leagues devalue stolen bases. And so you're going to have huge disparities rankings wise for, you know, the plus speed guys who are going to steal 30 bases. And that's 30 points in a season if in a Roto League, but <laughs> it's solid gold in, uh, in a Roto League versus a points league. So... Yes, thank you. That's exactly. See, I asked Eric Cross. I'm like, Eric, uh, I directly messaged him a couple weeks ago about this. He's like, yeah, I don't think they're out there. So I decided to put together a little list because this guy TJ hit me up. He said he had a first time brand new Dynasty Points League draft that was initiating um, yesterday or the day before. And I told him I would put together a list. So I did 200. It's not a ton, but I put together a Dynasty Points League's rankings for TJ Bonnet. So, TJ, I hope it worked out well. I hope it was good enough. I don't know if it's even that great or not. It was something I've never done before, but I took a chance on it. So uh, if anybody wants to look at it, I, I just made it up on a Google Sheet, and I can share it with you if you're interested. Just to send me your email or DM me, and I'll send it your way. But otherwise, I thought it was kind of a hole that was not being filled, and I want to thank TJ Bonnet for that. Thank you, TJ. Wise man. Mark, market inefficiency right there. Thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. That's what we need. If, if there is a public outcry, we got we to gotta help them out. Yeah, you're right about that. So thank you to everybody who uh, reaches out and asks questions. If you have other questions, folks, like I said, reach out. Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com, or you can just DM us. We also have a Facebook page as well. I don't love Facebook, but we are on there. Are you on Facebook, Nathan? I am. Yes. So, uh, you said that with a tone that is like, eh. Well, so, yeah, sometimes the trolls chase me all the way over there to harass me, so uh, <laughs> please don't don't harass me on Facebook. Just just keep your harassment to Twitter. That's where I, <laughs> I push off. I, I don't have the time to to deal with Facebook harassments as well. Just harass me on Twitter if you're going to do it at all. That's Please where harassment thanks. belongs, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Exactly. Come on. All right. Well, let's get into leading off. All right. Uh, Carlos Marcano is checking in. Carlos, by the way, predicted Matt Olson could win an MVP this year. So that's a... Definitely an insane fantasy take. Nice. Insane fantasy takes. He says, only old farts like me remember that, Michael. <laughs> I assume he was referring to Belvedere. Yes. I think Carlos. so. I'm, yes. glad, I'm glad that it doesn't matter where you live, too, because you know he grew up in Venezuela and now lives in Costa Rica. So Mr. Belvedere is an international symbol of sitcom oh. integrity. That's pretty cool. All right. Spring training. I want to get your initial thoughts here. Is there one thing that you've noticed? Because I haven't had a chance to grill you about this. Uh, is there a trend you're noticing? Is there a particular player? You can go in any direction with this, but spring training thoughts, Nathan Dockin. Spring training thoughts. This has definitely been a weird one, just based on all the abbreviated games. We started off, you know, with some seven inning games, eight inning games. You never quite know what you're going to get. And if I was a fan paying, 
sometimes hundreds of dollars for those tickets. I say I would have been pretty pissed after this guy tosses 20 pitches in an inning and the coaches or the manager just says, nope, that's good. We're done. You didn't get any outs, but that's 20 pitches. We don't care. Come Call on it in, a day. boys. So, you know, I get it at that point. It's a, it's a whole, uh, you know, development thing. It's, but still it's, it's doing uh, a disservice to the fans. So not a fan of that. Um, and further down that line, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Now is my cat is like howling at me. Oh, I hear it. <laughs> from hey, the other room. How's it going, yeah. dude? Um, yeah, you know, spring training is. Uh, it, there's been a lot. You said it was a weird spring training. So, in that respect, yes, with the shortened games, that still reminds us that COVID is a part of our lives and all that jazz. Right. Yeah. I was, so what I was saying, I remember now. Thanks, uh, Beat Supreme. Um, is you know this, so obviously this is just a development thing, but maybe you know we have the the CBA. You guys talked, I believe, recently on the show about the CBA how it's going to expire next year, and you know things are going to be reworked. I would prefer instead of you know, like I said, having those fans kind of get screwed out of some baseball and it's just wonky and all that. Maybe just shorten the spring training time a little bit. Nobody ever says that they need more than you know like two weeks. To get everything done, the pitchers are all throwing their bullpens and working on stuff on the side anyway. Um, yeah. It's just kind of a thing that's it's always been this way, so that's the way it is, right? Um, so I, I think that, that, especially this year, I thought that they might have tried that, but you know, it's still great seeing fans in the stands and getting everything back to normal. And I just hope that we have a full, healthy season again. Uh, but I think that that's something that they could look at down the road. Maybe we don't need all of this spring training. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, I never complain so much about spring training like I do with the NFL preseason. But, you know, if it starts to become like this where there are just like, ah, we've had enough. This is what you guys get enough practice. today. OK, game's over. If people are like you said, they dedicate their springs around it. They fly down there, Florida or Arizona. Some of them spend their winters there in anticipation of getting in on a bunch of spring training activities. So I think you have to properly respect the fans and make sure you kind of organize that into your overall decision-making process. If you're going to be making adjustments to spring training. Right. Yeah. There's, so there's um, been a handful of other things, you know, that have stuck out to me. Um, You know, just the guys who are coming in and you kind of heard some rumblings with it last year with like, with uh, guys who are your prospects who are in instructs, you know, maybe getting some increased velocity and stuff, but um, as always, guys are tinkering with new pitches and, uh, there's, it seems like there's been, I don't know, maybe more than ever this year. Maybe that's because they've had a little bit more time, you know, like, uh, Marcus Stroman, for example, didn't pitch last year. Right. So is he just off to the side tinkering with this new split change that looks amazing? Uh, and wow. he has piqued my interest, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and then you got guys who I'll, Bring this guy up later, but Randy Dobnak of my beloved twins uh, reworking his slider, and all of a sudden it looks like a nasty pitch. Um, so it's it's interesting to see, you know, what now that everybody is kind of back in the same group, they're working on all this stuff together, uh, you know, coming up with with new ideas, new pitches like that, and maybe guys bringing in stuff that they're working on last year. It's a really exciting time. Like I've said before, this offseason, I'm I'm more excited for baseball this year than I have been probably ever in my life. So just seeing all this stuff. Uh, Really has me excited, uh, but I'm ready for the regular season to begin. Like you mentioned before, lots of injuries going on right now. I've had enough of it. Let's just let the season begin. Okay, I didn't know that. Hey, I'm there with you, my friend. I'm ready to rock and roll. And in that spirit, let's bring out our catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. 
Today, I want to give it to, now, those of you who don't know, this is someone in spring training who has been noteworthy. Now, I've given it to Shohei Otani way too many times this spring, so I got to move off that. I love him. I'm he all deserves in it, though. Hitter. He does deserve it. Yes, thank you. I, oh, God, I love it. But Brent Honeywell Jr., he finally made it back and got on the mound and actually pitched an inning, and that was really exciting for me because it's been so long. And there's so much hype around him, or there was, and so much mystique about how he used to throw the screwball and all this all this fascinating stuff. But now that's all out the window because he actually threw an inning. So I wanted to say, well done, Mr. Honeywell. I want to give him a round of applause. He really earned it. There's only one inning, and he even gave up a run. But who cares? It's spring training. One inning pitch, one hit, one walk, no Ks. And that was it. And they pulled him off, and then... Uh, the next guy came in and gave up six earned runs. I don't think he's going to make the team. Ellis. I don't even know who the hell Ellis is on Tampa Bay. Uh, do you know who that is? I have no idea. Uh, There's too no. many damn people uh, on the team, probably. Yeah, they, they've got a lot, like a stacked farm system, too. So, yeah, the, the odds would be would be stacked against him. But, yeah, I, I was one of the early adopters in the prospect days on Brent Honeywell. And uh, I I guess, you know, just speaking strictly fantasy-wise, I, I was fortunate to have traded him away, I guess, before he just had injury after injury because I was competing. You know how you trade prospects for uh, currently competing uh, <laughs> pieces uh, to help you win that trophy. But, um, man, I, it's been just so heartbreaking watching him just go down with injury after injury. I've been rooting for him the whole time. So, yeah, just to see him get on that mound is very exciting. And, I gosh, I'm rooting hard for the guy. Such So much fun to watch, and his – Arsenal is just elite, so all he has to do is just stay healthy. Oh, that's fantastic. By the way, Chris Ellis is this guy's name. Chris Ellis, number 86, 28 years old. Uh, not really a prospect that you would take note of. He's on the Tampa Bay Rays of spring training, but I have a strong feeling he will not make the team. Sorry, Chris, nothing personal. All right, <laughs> so uh, Brent Honeywell Jr., really rooting for you. I'm sure you will not be on the opening day roster, but... If you had to bet on it, do you think you, uh, we see him up with the Rays at some point in 2021? I don't see why not. I think he's 25 now. So uh, obviously they need to him to you know get stretched out a little bit. I can't imagine they even worry about him being a starter. They'd probably just bring him up as a reliever, maybe a multi-inning reliever. Just kind of ease him along. Seriously, all like it's a win for Brent Honeywell and the Rays this year if he just stays healthy. Uh, he's on the mound, whether it's a AAA, whether it's a, at the big league level uh, all year long. Just want to see a full healthy season from him. Hopefully he's effective. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really see him being a huge fantasy contributor for us this year. Yeah, that, that's probably unlikely. Maybe uh, you think it'd be worth a shot in like a draft and hold on the 50 rounder? Or is that I mean, still I, like not enough return? Because you want people going to give you innings, right? Yeah, I, I I mean he's a, a fairly high upside lottery pick. You know, you can take a couple of those towards the end of your draft and holds like you know, a guy like Tyler Freeman, who doesn't appear to have a position, but he's just been so cheap and I just think mm. he's gonna hit the snot off the ball uh if if and when he does get called up. So I feel like he's a fairly high upside stash, you know, just one of those late round guys. Um so yeah, you want I mean there is theoretically a lot of upside with Brent Honeywell. I just don't know if I see it this year. Like you're saying, it's probably going to be inning or two stints and maybe it gets up to like three or four towards the end, which that's just at that point, you're just hoping to vulture some wins. And um, you know, this, like you said, he didn't strike out anybody today. Not that that really means anything, but we have to see what that stuff looks like, or I do before I start rostering him anywhere. True that I'm rooting for you, Honeywell. 
I want you to be the man you want to be out there, but forever and forever, I'm always going to think of the injuries. It's just, it's just going to yeah. be a part of the story. But I'm hoping that can be in the rear view and not be like the forever overall tale told about Brent Honeywell Jr. Forever. Yes, I set it up to do that. It's true. I won't <laughs> lie. All right, let's get into Qui Bono. So yes, this is Qui Bono who benefits. Uh, apparently, that's Latin. I don't know Latin that well, but. I do know that Alec Baldwin said this once. Yeah, but Queen Bono, who benefits? Any ideas on that movie? That's from a movie. Probably. That's that's from The Departed, and I know the next line, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, why not? Come on. You can say anything on this show. Uh, that's, that's true. My mom might be watching. I don't know. It's the dirty line. Oh, okay. Queen Bono, who gives a shit? It's got there a freaking bow around it. <laughs> I'm so glad. You, that's well done, Departed. Man. Love is that, that a great movie or not? Is it a great movie? One of the best. Yeah. I just watched it recently, was... so it was fresh in my oh, brain. So, so does it hold up? Absolutely. Scorsese, I believe, right? <laughs> yes, it is Scorsese. I, I I, often wondered. I loved it. I mean, I've watched it a bunch. haven't seen it in a minute, and I often wondered, did I like it because it had such a star? I mean, it's got a killer right. cast, and it's Scorsese, so that buys you a lot of uh, cachet right there, but... It's a good movie. It is. It's long, but it's good. I think it's still good. Yeah, The Irishman was full of stars, too, and it still sucked. So, hey, <laughs> now we're talking. See, that's that's a perfect analogy. Well done, sir. You're right. The Irishman was way overhyped. Not a bad movie, but not nearly as good as Departed. Good job, Nathan. That's why we're on to the show together. We're talking movies. We're talking <laughs> baseball. We're talking whatever the hell you guys want us to. Of course, you can comment on the live feed here. Uh, B.K. Rodman, our man, Brian Rodman, that's who he is. He said, hey, fellas, 12-team 5x5 Roto Mixer, insane keeper inflation on the pitching side. Auction strategy? I don't understand the comment or the question here. I feel like you're telling us things uh, about pitching, but I'm not really sure. If we get a little more clarity, that would help. Nathan, are you reading the tea leaves on this one? Just general auction strategy if there's so yeah so obviously in this apparently people really value the the pitching side and so um i'm guessing there's you know dollar values or rounds affixed uh to the keepers so uh, i mean if there if there are any available uh, you know that are on the high end i uh, i mean sometimes you just got to pay the piper when if you need aces and that's kind of how my draft strategy has gone this year uh, i try to not necessarily do the the pocket aces thing, but I, I do feel like I'm trying to play catch up if I don't have at least two starters in my first like five rounds, because I just then I'm just taking all kinds of pot shots at you know upside guys in the middle rounds, and I don't really care for that. So if mm. you're feeling cheap, I mean it is a twelve teamer, so guys are going to come along. If you don't want to pay the piper for the aces, then I would just you know j- just try to go with your upside picks in the middle round. Um, or conversely, I mean, you could, I've done this before. You could just stack your hitting and just kind of cheap out on your pitching, right? It's like an extreme auction split. You can just play the room. And then, you know, in a 12-team league, the guys are going to come up on the wire all the time. Guys are going to come up from the minor leagues. Um, some of them who are not, uh, you know, of high, um, you know, not high prospect pedigrees. Um, yeah. And you're just going to be able to churn and burn those guys. So, you know, that would be another way to do it. So well, he's saying, should I do like an 80-20 split on my budget from pitching to if hitting? That's pretty radical. 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would rather do the 80 on the hitting and just take my chances on the pitching, especially this year. Like, um, yeah, it sounds like I, the more that I talk this through out loud with you guys and <laughs> think about it, I think I'd rather just, yeah, I, I think I would rather just pay up like 80% on that hitting and then I'll just take my chances with the pitching. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll just, I'll just build it as I go because the innings are going to be so limited, even for the aces this year, you're looking at, you know, like they're saying 180 innings is the new 200, right? And most guys aren't even going to get that close. You're looking at 150 inning horses this year. Um, so you're going to be able to catch up to that pretty quickly, even with those mid round guys. Nice. All right. Well, he says, thanks, Nathan. And boom, with four exclamation points, that is emphatic. Well done. Okay, so we are in the section of the show that I called Qui Bono, Who Benefits, where we started rambling about The Departed. But what it's really about is who benefits. So Qui Bono, who benefits from the injuries? And we have had a rash of them. Some legitimate ones come to terms here. Kirby Yates, looks like Tommy John. Party is over. And this is, give me a moment here, Nathan, because I want to get pissed here at myself. Not anyone else. I am fully responsible for this. So... I knew I didn't like Kirby Yates. There's like, he had elbow issues last year, and he's 33 going to 34. The Blue Jays take a flyer on him, but I kept avoiding him because I don't want to pay for saves. And this year, people were getting in my head more and more, and unfortunately, I allowed people to get in my head, and I started to pay for some saves a little bit more than I usually would have. And now here I am, and I'm like... I don't want Kirby Yates on my team, and I'm wasted a roster spot here and a guy who won't even give me one inning likely this year. And I should stick to my guns. My message to all of you here is stick to your guns. Stay true to yourselves. If you have a plan and a focus and a process, let it play out. You can listen to other people, and there's a lot of voices in fantasy baseball. Trust me. That's cool. It's a good thing to have discourse. We try to do that on the show as well when we have people like Nathan on. But at the end of the day, I should stick to my own guns and stay true to what I think I know based on my process. And I'm a little little bitter at myself that I didn't stick to my saves later policy. So that's my quick little rant there. And Kirby Yates being injured is just a reminder of that. I don't have him like all over the place, but I have a few shares of him when I could have just took Jordan Romano in, Later on, these are DCs too, 50-round drafting holds, uh, other best ball formats where I could have just had Jordan Romano later on, and then I'd have the closer now. So it's just a reminder to myself. I I don't mean to be cruel to anybody out there. I love opinions, and I love the fact that we have so many different people that can share their thoughts together on Twitter and through these podcasts. But yes. So the aforementioned 24-team league, it's a salary league, and guess who had Kirby Yates? Yay. Um, so, but I, you know, I've one of those, one of those things where I've had him for years and you're just going to keep him anyway, you know? Um, the, yeah. I also did have him and just one other, it was a draft and hold though. So, because I'm, I'm with you, normally I don't pay for saves at all. Um, and this year is the, much the same up well, in particular this year, just because they're getting pushed up, especially the elite ones, just way too high for my taste. I'm not even considering it um, except for Kirby Yates in a draft and hold because the closers got pushed way up and I'm like, man, I got to have one guy because as opposed to your typical leagues where you can play the waiver wire and just pick up the guys, you know, you, you don't get a choice. You just have to draft yeah. your saves. Now you got to shoot your shot right away. So he was kind of the end of that big tier. And so I took a shot on him and, you know, hooray for us, but you know, a league like TGFBI, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I waited and waited and waited, you know, like you do, I've got the likes of Drew Pomerantz who now he's kind of injured too. Hopefully he's all right. You know, I'm just taking shots at Hector Neris. 
the back end of the Diamondbacks bullpen with uh, Soria, Soria and uh, Stephen Creighton. You know, I got Mark Melanson as well. Who else? Gregory Soto. Who knows? You know, you're just kind of throwing crap against the wall there. But I would rather pay for, you know, those elite hitters or the elite pitchers rather than, you know, the pushing up to save so much where there's so much closer volatility. Was it something like 40 percent turnover year over year in the closer position? And now they're getting distributed. Uh, You know, so many ways. There's just so many ways to come into saves, be it the waiver wire or you just get some chunk of those good bullpens. You know, a guy like Drew Pomerantz, maybe he only gets half the saves maybe get 75 percent. he's gonna get some and he's gonna give you good ratios while he's doing it so a guy like trevor rogers has been the same or taylor rogers there's so many rogers now i get him screwed up but with the twins you know everybody's <laughs> kind of rogers. moving towards uh, so many uh, but everyone's kind of moving towards column now and i think that he'll get his share of the saves too but rogers is gonna get you a much better strikeout rate and i think better ratios as well and he's still gonna get his share of the saves so i'm the guy who's gonna kind of cheap out and just opt for rogers this is such a crock of shit. Not you, what you said, but what happened with Yates? It just buns me out. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for that, staying. By the way, that should be played after everything that I say. <laughs> or, no, you can try this one. And that's where the big bucks start rolling. That's in. what people will have when they listen to Nathan Dawkins' fantasy advice right there. That's the yeah. truth. Cannot guarantee results. Yes, a result, yeah. Uh, prizes are not fabulous and results are not guaranteed. In the end, Kirby Yates is done. It's over, so... We're moving on. So we're Jordan Romano. That's where we're at now. Uh, Raphael Dolis or Romano? Who do you prefer of the two? I guess I'll go with Romano. Seems to be the favorite, but, you know, uh, they're saying that it's it's going to be, you know, they're not going to tab anybody until opening day. But Romano, you know, like I was talking about in terms of the, pros- the process and, you know, the old saying is trust, uh, was it skills, not roles. So I think I, I like Romano plenty enough there. Um, high strikeout rate last year was at 12.89 caper nine, you know, just 15 innings last, or 15 games last year, but the results were there. I don't know why they wouldn't just throw them in the end. And so I would shoot my shot with him. You should get good strikeout rates, good ratios, and maybe you'll even get some saves too. Maybe you'll even get full-time saves. Who knows? Wow. My guy, Frank Amarante was on the show last month. He's Canadian and he knows the blue Jays. And I was talking with the guys from the dingers pod. I was on the dingers podcast last week with Robbie baseball and Ty. And the point being is not to tell you all these people's names, but to they were telling me Jordan Romano was the better pitcher and they liked Jordan Romano. One of them said that for sure. And he was clear as day about it. And it just reminds me that I, I, I really bothered me that I, I mean, I, I want to know, Nathan, do you, how much, advice and information do you take from other people and then where do you draw the line like when does someone actually change your mind on a player and when do you say you know i've done my own research i'm gonna stick to what i know because i really want to get your opinion on this because you're a smart dude and you know the game that's a good question um i don't necessarily know the answer to that myself i in the past have listened to a ton of podcasts uh, unfortunately with, uh, my job at this point, I don't get as much time to listen to all those podcasts. So what I would do is just kind of aggregate all these different opinions on these guys and then just kind of decide for myself, you know, which argument I prefer. Um, of course, when I started in the industry to begin with, you just have to look through these guys super deep and you know, find, find the guys that you like. But, um, if you're, if you're crushed for time, I like, you know, reading other people, listening to other podcasts as much as I can anyway. And just, yeah, gathering all that, all the information that I can, because there's a, so many smart people out there in the industry right now, and they're catching stuff that I'm not, 
you know, maybe I, I mean, this year I, I was behind in my prep because, you know, I wasn't writing, I was doing podcasting or anything. Um, sure. But so they're, they're not catching anything for me at this point in time. Um, but usually I can uncover some stuff early in the process. So I have my guys, I kind of adopt some other guys, but in the end, you just, I just listen to as many sources as I can. And then I look at the numbers myself and, you know, you can kind of manipulate numbers to breed one narrative or another. Um, so you just choose whichever way you're feeling about that. And uh, I mean, so that's, that's kind of how I go. So it's not like a firm answer. You know what I mean? Like that's kind yeah, of just a-, a long rambling explanation with no <laughs> actual answer. So, so sorry for wasting your time, I guess. <laughs> and you want me to change? Fuck you. <laughs> that's what, how some people probably feel. You're not going to change you my do- mind. No, you have, you have to have no ego. Truly, like if you, I mean, you're not going to listen to somebody you don't like, but if you, if you're just scrolling the Twitterverse and you see somebody talking about this player, go and do your own research. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, you know, decide for yourself. You got to do your own research for sure. I think that's well said. And I never blame anybody. At the end, we are all making our own choices here. So no one will get blamed for my draft choices. I just wish I had stayed more true to my saves policy. And I'm going to remember this going forward. It's just going to be another friendly reminder because I like to like, I like to be amicable and like, I listen, I like to connect with people and like say, Hey, maybe I don't know everything. I think that's a, not a personality flaw. It's a positive that I am willing to change my mind and not be steadfast. And I'm drawing a line here. This is what I know. And no one's going to change my mind. I think that's, it's important to be malleable. So I'm always going to be that way. But at the same time, we also have to reinforce our own backbone, and sometimes I get a little weak with that. So this is, maybe this is just more about my personality than anything else, or how how I was created as a human. It's not about fantasy so much. So yeah, it's, I mean, the, the ones who think they know everything are you know really the idiots. You have to you have yes. to adapt and learn. Yes, that's what. It, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's what I've always said. If more people tell you, I know this, I know it for certain, the less you should be listening to them. Trust us on that. That much. I will lock in. And now I just said that's a certainty. So maybe you shouldn't listen to me because I just said that's a certainty. See, it's a paradox. That sound you hear is everybody shutting off this show right now. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we listening to you guys? Oh, my God. What a mistake. I ever turned on the show in the first place. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. All right. So there's a couple other (laughs) entries going on here. Zach Gallen. Now, Right before we went on the air here, apparently there's more than just a side issue. It looks like there's a fracture going on here. So, Zach Gallon, the party is over. Would you try to acquire Gallon if you could trade, if you were in a league that had trades right now? Are we talking redraft or dynasty? Well, that's a good question. Let's uh, call it redraft. No. Uh, It sounds like this is going to be probably a couple months, not weeks, not days. And at that point, I mean, obviously, we we know he's going to be, when he's healthy, he's a great pitcher. Uh, By the way, guess who my SP1 was in that draft and hold where I had Kirby Yates? Zach Allen. So great day for me. (laughs) Thank you. Great great news all around today. Maybe this is why (laughs) I want spring training just to be so much shorter. Yeah, uh, now I see the big picture here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and University H, uh, I might add. But uh, yeah, no, I. it's just at a certain point, you don't know when he's going to be back. It takes these guys a certain length of time, you know, weeks to, to get ramped up. And once you get back, who knows if, you know, they're loose, maybe something else ends up getting a little stiff and they tweak something else. And then you, next thing you know, the whole season's uh, toast. So, I mean, what are you realistically? It depends on what you're trading, obviously. If it's sure. just some schmuck that you got, 
uh, as a bench bat that maybe has some upside and you kind of want to swing a little bit more for the fences. Maybe your pitching was weak when you came out of the draft, that kind of thing. So maybe you get like second half reinforcements, but you know, we don't, and I, I haven't seen a clear timeline, but it doesn't sound good. You know, if there's a fracture, obviously. So, uh, but I, you know, so many guys get hurt throughout the season. I don't want to acquire more hurt guys who are already hurt. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, it's just Especially a hard redraft. pass for me right now. Especially in redraft. Yeah. And dynasty, that's a different thing. This is, this is your time to strike. If you're in a dynasty league, particularly if Gallon is on a roster who is looking to take home the trophy this year, you know, maybe he can't deal with a quarter or third or half a season of no Gallon, and you can just send him, you know, where maybe Lance Lynn or something like that. Some old guy who's kind of kicking around your team that you can help you out. And then you can get Zach Allen and have a future ace for your rebuilding team for years and years to come. Boom. Well done. I'm lucky I don't have Gallon. Maybe one share out of all the I've done like 12, 13 drafts, I think, this offseason. And they're these are all redrafts besides by one dynasty league. And I feel fortunate because I was so into Zach Gallon. In fact, when we did the show together last year, I I'm definitely if we went back oh, yeah. and played the tape, I think I was talking like I'm in love. I'm falling in love with this guy because he was on a nice little tear there. You know, it was a short sample size, but I was I was in. I was feeling it, and I was ready to draft him a lot in 2021, but the price got a little too high, so I kind yeah. of lucked out. And I was, I believe I was kind of talking him down a little bit back then, and then, of course, to put into context, him being my SP1 in that league, pitching went crazy insane even for pitching this year. So he was like my fourth-round pick or something like that in a 15-team league. I can't remember exactly, but, you know, so he was kind of the last guy that I really felt good with as my SP1. That's why I, I wound up with him. And now, obviously, uh, I begrudgingly wound up with a share of him. He's not going to be doing us a lot of good this year. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for your loss. These things happen, but we're going to move forward just like any good team would. Next man up, as they say. It's the Patriot way, blah, blah, blah. Also, Tyler Clippard will be out. If you were thinking Tyler Clippard, is it Clippard or Clippard? I never really know. It's Clippard. Yeah. I don't think... He'll be giving you saves. If for some reason you thought he might be some vulture for saves, he's officially out now. I actually like Kevin Ginkle of everybody in that bullpen still. That's still a guy I think can be the guy that will come in and make it happen. Arizona saves. Hokeem Soria, is that your go-to here? Because I don't like him either. I think he's kind of slowly fading away. But is that your guy? Uh, yeah, so first of all, uh, 24 team score sheet league where I had Kirby Yates, I also had Tyler Clifford. So, yeehaw. Oh. We're, yeah, we're, well, that was we're good times, though. But, uh, yeah, so I I wasn't really expecting any saves from Clifford anyway. Uh, I You know, uh, Ginkle is okay. I like him. He's going to give you a lot of strikeouts. Had some pretty extreme command issues last year. Yeah, so I suppose that's why you got to bring that up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's got to be honest Only with Only positives. <laughs> yeah, no, I so I wouldn't say that I like Soria, but I think that he's going to open the season as the veteran guy who's going to take the saves to begin with. However, as I mentioned with T my TGFBI team, as well as several other of my draft and holds, I've got a lot of very cheap Stefan Crichton just because he seems to kind of be the next guy up there. And Everywhere he's he just falls. Dirt cheap. Yeah. So I, I really don't have a ton of confidence in Soria keeping that job because he's looked pretty hittable this spring. And his, you know, he doesn't have overpowering stuff. We're talking about skills over roles. He does not really have the skills to be an elite closer. So I think it might be Crichton time uh, sooner rather than later. But if I'm drafting saves to open the season, it's going to be Soria for me. Uh, Crichton had four saves in a short stint last year. Again, you know, the brief season and the short sample size. I have to think 
if he gets the go-ahead this year, then you're going to be benefiting big time because he drops in every draft I'm in. And I've still avoided him. I, I might look like a fool because I've, I keep seeing him. Like We're talking pick 500. And these are a lot of 50-round drafting holes. I did a lot of DCs this offseason. But he just kept falling and falling. And if he cashes in, gives you the saves as a closer, then you're going to look like a very smart person. That's the kind of guy that can help you win an overall draft champions like uh, our good man Rob DiPietro did last year. $30,000. Not bad. $30,000 wouldn't hurt. Uh, okay, so that's it. Uh, I don't want to talk about every damn injury. Uh, George Springer's also hurt a little bit, but they're saying they're not that worried about it. It's the side issue, but they don't think it's going to be IL worthy as of now. So I would, but this is what you get with George Springer. So if anyone is shocked that he has an ailment that is not like straight to the IL, but it's going to be constantly an unknown, then you probably haven't played fantasy baseball before. Is there any other injuries out there this time that has you concerned or that you've taken note of? God, no. Let's move on. That's enough injuries. <laughs> Can we have a better time than this? Well, yeah. that's a perfect That's a perfect segue. Well done. That's a perfect segue because now, well, of course, I got to do, you know, wrap this up with you. Yeah, but Queen Bono, who benefits? Someone's going to benefit. Someone gets hurt. Someone takes their place. But this is the Hanson Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Give me two. On Twitter and Facebook and our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Watch these anytime you want. Or you can, of course, listen to the podcast. We love all of you. Podcast listeners, live stream viewers. You're all welcome in our kingdom here, the Palazzo Kingdom. Having said that, it's now time for Enrico's Inquisition. So we're going to have fun here. Are you ready for an Enrico's Inquisition here, Nathan? I, I don't know if anybody can ever actually be ready, but I'm going to give it a shot. That's a fair point. Yes. Well, let's see what happens. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Rico's Inquisition. <laughs> Absolutely. We are in the Inquisitional Zone with Nathan Dockin here at Nathan Dockin on Twitter. That's 2K. Nathan, I've been asking this right off the bat recently, and I think I know the answer a little bit, but I'm going to find out if my memory is good. So, favorite artist or favorite group, favorite musical artist that you enjoy? It doesn't have to be the all time favorite, you can throw out a couple. Oh, boy. Well, <clears throat> I've got a Metallica tattoo, so I guess I should probably say them first. Yeah, I grew up stealing their music like everybody else of uh, my <laughs> generation. <laughs> Eventually, I'm sure that they're doing just fine. And I've uh, paid many hundreds of dollars to go to several of their shows. So I think they're doing all right. Uh, more. I'm, I'm a metalhead, though. So I, I would say more currently, it would be Gojira because I've heard all of the Metallica songs like a million times. So I don't really even listen to them anymore. You know how that is? So... Uh, yes, yeah, Gojira though. How do you so that? heavy and wonderful? G O J I R A, Gojira. They're a French metal band, and they oh. mostly mostly sing about uh, saving the environment, which is kind of a weird, you know, disconnect between their screaming and heaviness. But uh, yeah, everybody who enjoys metal and is not listening to Gojira is doing it wrong. 
Go check it out. Not if yeah, if you care about the environment and you're listening and paying attention, then you're listening to Gogia. Clearly. Right? Yes. That's clearly how it's done. I have a French band called Alsace, I believe it's called. A L C E S T. Oh, yeah. No. Yep. They're good. Yeah. I mean, it's like a combo. It's like a metal post-rock type thing. It's really good stuff. So I'm down. Very, very. Yeah. Spotify. I, I waited way too long to get a Spotify subscription. And it is well worth the 10 bucks a month for that, for the new music that they turn me on onto. And uh, yeah, Alsace was one of them. And yeah, was, all of a sudden, nice. it was just like a seven and a half minute song came on in the middle when I was at the gym. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is incredible so yeah that's i don't know what it's, what it is about like that i didn't know they were french but it must just be i love the moodiness of it all like them and gojira um like if, if you like that you'll love uh gojira and i'll well, actually like on a side note oh my god you have you have no idea they're very heavy but uh so two of the band members are brothers in gojira and their last names are duplantier which i always so <laughs> The, the Duplant, John or Joe or whatever it is, the prospect in the... Uh, John Duplantier, Diamondbacks. the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I always screw up his name because I think of the names of the brothers from the band. So I, I never, ever say it right. So I just I just go with the last name. It's just Duplantier. So maybe, you know, Quibono, maybe he gets a little bit of an extended look with um, with Gallon on the shelf. Who knows? Trying to tie it all together here. Funky butt-loving Wow, okay, that's fascinating. Very fascinating. I'm going to listen to Gogia, so I have something to do now. Thank you. That's wonderful news for me. See, everybody benefits here. We learn from others, and we get new opportunities. That's why I love doing the show. It pays off every time. All right, so let's keep it moving here in Rico's Inquisition. Uh, do you prefer drums or bass? To play or to listen to? Yeah, your context. You can put any context you want on it. We do not judge. I, I think I would go drums pretty easily. I've never been a huge... I play guitar, but uh, I've never been a huge bassist. I've definitely dabbled in the drums, and I'm kind of surprisingly good at... I'm not good at really anything in life, but I took to drums pretty quickly for not having played them really at all. I just kind of sat oh. down and did like a normal beat, you know, and started doing fills and stuff, so... Maybe I should have been a drummer. Probably better that than podcasting or fantasy baseball writing. But uh, I, it's probably too late for that. But yeah, I would definitely go with drums. It's so much fun just to make a lot of noise, isn't it? Hell yeah, it is. I got my drum set right over here in the kitchen. I know that sounds weird, uh, but yeah. it's true. It's totally true. <laughs> I uh, don't have a lot of room in this house. and I live alone. So the kitchen ended up being the spot for it. And I just got it two months ago. So I'm just getting back in the swing of things. I used to play all the time. So... We should start a band with two drummers. That's that's how you do it. <laughs> yes, of course. That works really well over over Zoom and over the internet as well. Try to coordinate music. So. <laughs> I'm okay, sure it'll work out the great. Postal Service did it, right? The Postal Service, famously, they exchanged music over the internet. And that's the Postal Service is all done, supposedly, without anybody being there. At least that was the myth. Might be bullshit. I don't know. But. I don't know. I have to show up to work every day, so you'll have to let me in on the secrets. That's a different postal service. Yes, that's true. And uh, you'd be familiar with that. Uh, postal service was a great one-off for whatever the hell that guy's name is from Death Cab for Cutie. Ben something? I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know. But it was good music. All right, so we're talking with Nathan Nagman in Rico's Inquisition as we continue forward. Would you rather be arrested or would you rather be stabbed? I got good you Lord, there. Sorry about that. Yeah. That's almost a spit take. 
Good God. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, arrested or stabbed? Well, I think I'm going to go with arrested, although it kind of depends on what the charges would be. Am I? Did I murder someone or am I falsely accused? I really don't want to get stabbed. No, I don't either. I think I'd rather... Although, have you, if you've never done a night in jail, you might change your mind. I don't know. I've never been stabbed, but I have spent time in jail, so I can only attest to one of those. I don't know. I've, I've been in the clink for a very short <laughs> amount of time. Didn't really oh, care yeah. for it. So. Yeah, it was a short, short stint, yes. Short stint uh, in the clink. I actually yeah. got out early for good behavior. So. Well, that doesn't surprise it's a, me. It's a true story. I would have put in a good a, word for you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Oh yeah, and I had to get back to work after that pretty quickly. I was quite broke at the time. Anywho, this yeah. is not about me. It's about Nathan here as we continue forward. We always ask this one, sliders or curveballs, but we've always said it this way until now. In honor of SP Streamer who asked us the question, why don't you say change up? So now it's sliders, curves, or changes. All right, so if I was, there's different ways to answer this. So if I was like building a pitcher, I would probably pick the changeup, and then you can just work on something. You could just add a cutter, like as a third pitch, you know, if you just have a fastball changeup. Um, but if you just, you know, you're going to have some pretty serious platoon splits if you're just going fastball slider or fastball curveball, something like that. So, uh, but if we're grading on just pure sexiness, I there's nothing that gets me like a like the big hook. So I'm going to go with the curveballer. <laughs> All right. Well, Uncle Charlie. Is there a curveball of a pitcher you can think of that you really enjoy? I guess I always think of Adam Wainwright. I don't know why. Maybe that's oh. because, because that's his Twitter handle, I believe, is like Uncle Charlie something. So. Well, that's refreshing. No one's ever said that before. Nice. Yeah, I don't know why I went to him. It's, it's not like I'm a huge Cardinals fan or anything, but... Perpetually underrated. I mean, nobody likes Adam Wainwright, but he just stays around. He's always there, and you're streaming him here and there every redraft season. It happens. I was thinking you might say Jose Barrios, but... You know, know, he came to mind as well. I probably should. The homer in me should have said that, but... I expect you to to switch it up. Well, I'm proud of you. That's really... uh, That means you've grown, because you haven't talked about his twins... You have not talked about the Minnesota Twins as much as I thought you would so far. I'm going to give you credit give it, for that. Give it time. It's coming. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Never mind. Never mind. We didn't talk about uh, Alex Kirilov getting sent down today. Oh, we did not. Well, I didn't want to make so there you, is you know, the injuries were already bumming you out. So I figured, that's true. you know, why? But that's another example. He's actually tied into my, my disappointment in myself because I had no interest in drafting Kirilov in redraft leagues this year. Because I just didn't think he was going to be as big of an impact player as other people were making him out to be. And now here we are. He's sent down initially. But that doesn't mean he won't be up in two weeks, right? Right, yeah. He's not going to be down for very long. I do like his, his offensive potential quite a bit. So, it's you know, if you if you do have shares of him, just hang on. It's not going to be too long a wait. Like you said, probably just a, a matter of a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, the way that Miguel Sano's spring has been going... He might be playing first base instead of the outfield more often than not come, you know, June, July. Is Miguel Sano a good person? I, I don't know the guy. I'm not going to comment on that. Seems very much up know. in the air, depending, you know, <laughs> if you look at his, of his history, some of the reported history. Um, and okay. on that note, that kind of has me wondering. So I was optimistic when 
you know, when the Twins signed these veterans, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, like these guys know how to hit and they're going to bestow their wisdom upon Miguel Sano. And the Twins are, they're doing everything. They sent him way back to single A to totally rework his approach and his swing and everything. And they gave him, they signed him onto this big extension, like a four-year extension. They're, everybody's doing everything right. And then there's Miguel Sano just striking out every time and just swinging at everything. And it's like, there's only so much you can do help someone without them wanting to help themselves so i wonder if there's a little bit of his personality bleeding into that lack of change that we've seen so far with him again i don't i don't know the guy personally he's probably a swell guy but uh yeah i'm starting to turn up or pessimistic i guess on sano in the long term do you think he'll ever hit 50 home runs in a season god he could if he just Quit swinging at everything in the dirt and, you know, up at the, his eyeballs and everything everywhere else. He's really got that potential. He just has true light tower power, but I just don't know if we'll ever see it. I don't think we will. I don't think we'll ever see 50, even though he could easily do 50. He did, what, 34 in like 104 games a couple years ago. So Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. Easy. He can never – he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, he's he hasn't kept that body in check, and he's a big boy. So he's he just uh, – he tends to miss time as well as miss the baseball. Yeah, well, too many cooks. It happens. Sometimes you get hungry, you want to eat a lot of food, and sometimes everyone's got an opinion, and then your head just wants to explode. And you just want to say, "Leave me alone." Let's let me play baseball, and maybe that's what happened. At any rate, the Minnesota Twins are very, very exciting this year. So you don't have anything to worry about overall, Nathan. There's going to be a fun 2021 season for you. But this is about you, the person beyond baseball. We're trying to understand more than just baseball talk with Nathan Dockin here on the Hey, it's Rico Plato Fantasy Baseball Show. Enrico's Inquisition likes to know, do you prefer burritos or hamburgers? Oh, burritos. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you looked at my uh, Twitter profile at all, ever, because it's it always has burritos <laughs> up in there somewhere. Never. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> it's, uh, there's always a mention of burritos in there, and I try to keep – I would – uh, like upload a food pic of a burrito almost every day onto Twitter if I wouldn't lose all my followers by doing it. But to me, there's not only something magical about combining any food that you can think of in a delicious warm tortilla, but also when you have the like the glamour shot, the money shot of when you like slice it in half and then open it up and, and show all the insides all layered so nicely and beautifully. It's just like, it's just magic. And uh, so, yeah, I might, along that line, uh, if anybody has not tried a flaming Hot Cheeto burrito, I would recommend doing that. Just mush up a bunch of flaming Hot Cheetos in there with, you know, I, I do ground beef, guacamole, sour cream, all that. But it's a nice, it's a nice crunch. It's a nice heat. It's a fun little Ooh. venture in the burrito world. Wow, intense. Have you had the quesalupa? I <laughs> I haven't had it since they brought it back. I think that they, I think I probably had it back in the day and I maybe have, was too drunk to remember, but that's one of my favorite things that Taco <laughs> Bell does is they just combine all of these different ingredients and make it a something, whether it's actually in anything or not, but it's just fun. I like the quesarito myself, that cheesiness oh. and goodness. But uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm a Taco Bell fan. I, I named my cats uh, Beef Supreme and Chalupa Grande after Taco Bell, Bell uh, menu items. So I, I like I like the wildness that goes on over there. Although they are messing up, I will say Taco Bell, you're on notice because they took away the Mexican pizza. And then somebody was telling me they took away their breakfast too, which was actually surprisingly good. I don't know if that's true or not, but Taco Bell, you took away the Mexican pizza. I'm about ready to boycott. I just shit my pants, right?
That's a damn shame. That is a damn shame. Talk about what? Talk about used to be known for class and integrity. All right, and not just could it what you know sitting on ass sitting around the house eating garbage. There's more to life than that, Taco Bell. So give us back what we deserve. Mexican pizza was a staple, although it was not the. It was kind of harder to eat if you were driving because it, you know oh, it yeah. just it wasn't like a taco or a burrito or a burger. It was a little more challenging. You'd have to be a passenger as opposed to being the driver in the car, but it's still good. Yes, yes. It, it's a it's an eat it at home food or eat it at Taco Bell. If you, I don't know if anybody's actually eaten inside of a Taco Bell and not taking it home, you know, when they're drunk or, or just have the munchies or something. I don't, do they even have lobby in there? Is anybody allowed inside? What are they doing in there? Are they just selling drugs? <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah, I don't know if you want. I mean, that could be happening. It's very possible. Who's to Has say? Anybody, somebody tweet me. Has anybody been inside a Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> I not recently. Yeah, I, I definitely have not recently been in a Taco Bell. Uh, actually, it's been over a year. I have not had fast food over a year, which is, uh, you know, actually a good thing for me health-wise. Uh, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody because I spent most of my life dedicated to the world of fast food. I've had it all. Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King. You've all been integral parts of my life. But I just, uh, I started to stop going when COVID hit because I thought they'd put COVID in my food for some reason. And I just stuck to that. It just, it was pure chance. That's the only reason to have I've been COVID burger. Yeah. Yeah. No way. COVID burger. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right. Let's wrap this up and get on some more baseball talk. But before we do that, we always got to say Nathan Dockin for love or money. For love. Oh, that's so nice. Isn't yep. that sweet? I'm a lover. Beautiful. And I don't make a lot of money, so, I mean, that's really my only avenue. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. They've been docking a surviving Rico's in position. He's a lover, not a fighter. He's a Taco Bell eater and a lover. You can be both at the same time, believe it or not. Now, get yourself a grab bag, go to town, and then kiss your wife or your girlfriend or your significant other, whoever that is. But maybe use some mouthwash first. Yeah, don't, don't uh, sprinkle the fire sauce upon them. I mean, unless... <laughs> Unless you're kinky. I mean, maybe if that's your thing, then that's I mean, who am I to judge? But Oh, doctor. I actually never understood the sauce part of Taco Bell. I've been to Taco Bell a lot in my life, and I've never asked for sauce ever. I never have. I, I don't know if that makes me weird. Oh, I'm all but... about the fire. I, I, I am basically the Ron Swanson of, of, of the fire sauce. Just give me all the fire sauce that you have. All of it. Just put it in the bag. But also, by the, on that note, I just remembered something else that pissed me off about uh, Taco Bell. Getting rid of the volcano tacos. Those were magical back in the day. And the, and the, and the volcano good. sauce. Yes. Bring those well, back. Volcano please. burrito. I like that. It was tasty. It's hot. Yeah. Spicy. Taco Bell, if you're listening, the Taco Bell overlords. You've got your work <laughs> cut out for you. You know what you need to do. Lords of T-Bell, unite. All right. <laughs> Let's get back into the fantasy baseball part of this show. It is, after all, a fantasy baseball podcast. The Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, to be exact. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast. You talk. Give me two. We're here with Nathan Dockin. We're part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. There's also another show called Turn 2 by Matt Williams. That's the other show. It's really not a network. It's just two shows. But, hey, don't tell anybody. It's a good show. Check it out. Matt's doing great work over there, and he's a part of Tout Wars now. So that was a big moment. Congratulations again to Matt on being part of Tout Wars and... That is a bonus for everybody here at Roto Fanatic. And oh, and congratulations to Car Mayorano. He had his baby. I, I know we said that Ooh. live on the air when it happened last week, but I wanted to, you know, 
take this moment to say, congratulations, Carm. He's a big fan of the show. Carm's integral part of Road Fanatic. Yeah. Woohoo. Well done, sir. Now the hard part begins. So I wish you all the best. I'm sure you'll be staying up late. The good news is you get to watch plenty of baseball on the West Coast. So <laughs> just trying to look at the bright side. That's all. That's true. That's a good silver lining. <laughs> it is. All right. So I modified our rundown slightly. We're going to go into insane fantasy takes. Can you handle that? Oh, yes. Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane All right, so it's real simple. We just, you know, they call them bold takes, hot takes, uh, bold predictions 2021. We just tried to call it insane fantasy takes in tribute to Cypress Hill, the legendary hip hop group from the West Side. Nathan. This is your first time doing insane fantasy takes, and you will lead it off for us. Give us one. Give it. Give it to me. Oh man! All right. Well, I've got several. I guess we'll start off. What would be the craziest one? I think I'll start off with. The, I think the craziest one that you know. I, so okay. So these are insane, right? They're they're a little over the top. Who knows if they'll actually happen? But uh, my take is that. Four of the Marlins starters are going to finish inside the top 30 among starting pitchers for fantasy. Now, I like that. Love that rotation this year. And the one who's not is going to be Eliezer Hernandez. <laughs> so we're talking uh, Alcant- Alcantara, Lopez, Sixto. And... Yes. And then the other Rogers, Trevor. Tre- oh. Trevor Rogers. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> so many Rogers in the league these Steve days. Steve yes. Rogers? Yeah. So. <laughs> Rogers is another one who is, uh, he's reworked his slider this year and it looks much improved. So, getting some nice. good vibes with him. People, there's a lot of hype around Trevor Rogers and people who know things about baseball are saying positive things. He's got value and he showed a little bit of promise last year, albeit in a shorter sample size. But hey, who cares? If he's going to be. A top 30 SP this year. That's going to be tremendous return of value for the people that likely grabbed him in redraft leagues this year. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I don't think that's a likely outcome. But what I kind of factor in with all that is that the ceiling, the innings cap is going to be so much decreased, you know, just across the board that it's going to be a lot easier for kind of those back end guys who maybe have the free. You know, this guy's a former first round draft pick. Um, as long as they can put up innings, they're going to be right there with just about everybody else. Um, so obviously Miami, a great place to pitch. Uh, they seem to really be knowing no, they seem to really know what they're doing down there. If I can uh, speak a sentence properly. Uh, but yeah, I really like the values of, you know, the, even on the higher end, Sandy Alcantara and uh, Pablo Lopez, like what they, I, I like what they're doing down there in Miami on the pitching side. Obviously I thought about being mega bold and say that they're flirting, flirting with a, a wild card at the end of the season, Ooh. but they just, I just don't think they have the bats to do that but um their, their staff should be really fun to watch this year anyway yeah but they were a playoff team last year <laughs> that's dumb that's what we call silliness in the fantasy baseball podcast game all right i like it you know you're clearly focused on what an insane fantasy take is so i'm impressed by your first offering really insane well done fantasy takes. my first insane fantasy take is gonna be about tim anderson Shortstop for the Chicago White Sox, the pale hose, the South Siders, if you will, the lesser known of the Cubs who get all the run. But you know, I would I would really like to support and step up 
or the Chicago White Sox if I wasn't a Tigers fan. You know, I'm not supposed to like them, apparently, so I can't go too far. But I love Tim Anderson. I think he is coming into his prime right now. He's 27 years old. He makes contact like a madman. He just can't help himself. He hits everything. People originally thought it was an anomaly, and he is an anomaly. He just... He doesn't walk a lot, but that doesn't matter. In Roto, you're looking for batting average anyways. You're not looking for guys to get walks and OBP. He just puts the ball into play. So I am saying this year for Roto, Roto, that Tim Anderson will finish as the top three shortstop in baseball. Insane fantasy takes. Nice. There you go. That's my that's my first one. I like him as well. You know, I was th- for this, so I, I failed in this adventure. But what I, one thing I started looking at is, you know, player X is going to finish as the number one overall player in fantasy. And so when I was thinking about who that might be, like, well, obviously they have to be a five category contributor. They have to steal a ton of bases because there's such a dearth of, of steals across the league. Um, and I think that Tim Anderson would be on the short list of guys who could potentially do that. And I don't know if he has enough power necessarily to get there. But, I mean, he's going to hit for a ton of average. He's going to hit high up in that lineup, score to have a ton of runs and RBIs. So um, I, I definitely am, am there with you with the love. I, I went a little bit, um, I guess, higher up. So I don't have any Tim Anderson shares myself, unfortunately. I feel like Luis Robert on the same team is sort of the same guy, but with, I think, a higher range of outcomes, like a much, much lower floor. Like he could hit 220 you know, and be the nine hitter yeah. on that team for most of the year, or he could babip his way to like a 260 average and go 30 30. So I think that he would be a more likely guy to finish first overall. So I guess as I'm talking it through here, um, you know, maybe <laughs> if I was going to be crazy, I would say that I don't think that at all, but I, I think that's in the realm <laughs> of possibilities that Luis Robert could finish number one overall fantasy player. All he has to do, all he has to do is really just make uh, frankly substantially more contact but even i think even if he got his contact rate up to 67 68 somewhere in there and like i said he can bab up his way to a 260 average easily if not if not even higher than that you know we've seen guys with a, a 400 babip over the course of a full season i think that that is something that's in the realm of possibility for him because of just how hard he slaps the ball when he does make contact and that extreme speed as well so if if I were in an overall like TGFBI, you know, I would be swinging for the fences with some Luis Robert. I like it. It seems like maybe it's just me putting myself too much of myself into this thought. That there's an overall cloud of negativity around Robert when there was so much excitement last year. Like just because he kind of fell apart for what, a couple weeks in September in a shortened season that was not even close to being what he actually is and has to offer. I feel I feel like it's a little bit a little bit too negative right now. And maybe that's a good opportunity for other people who are questioning it. If they're feeling like I am and they've heard the other negativity or not the negativity so much as the kind of the middling comments, not elite guy, this could be a good time to strike in your dynasty leagues. Yeah, well, Dynasty might be tough just because he's he's so young. So I'm guessing the uh, resident Robert owner is going to probably want the moon and more uh, for his services. But you could sure kick the tires on it uh, in case he's an, uh, an unbeliever. But I, I get the descent on Robert just because his ADP is pretty damn high. So you know you're you are investing in a lot of risk there. Like I I don't I don't know what his contact rate was exactly last year, but it was I'm guessing it was like 62 percent or 65 percent or something very low. You know, so you you're 
getting a lot of risk right there where, where you're building it's you're drafting a foundational player right you don't want the risk built in so you're looking at a guy who might hit 220 and have very low runs in rbi if he gets pushed to the bottom of that lineup and loses a bunch of plate appearances and just has a terrible season um you know so that, so that's the downside so i totally get the descent i i really just was getting like the fomo on robert i had to get <laughs> one share of him just to ride the train in case it does come together that's the that's really the only uh whether it's justified or not that's the primary reason why i had to get him in just one league hey that is perfectly justified i can respect that my friend no nobody wants to miss out on some good old-fashioned fantasy dominance do they not me i don't think so not me not gonna happen here <laughs> all right so it's my turn now you just went all right you just went out on robert mr that was, that was totally unwarranted i didn't even have that written down that was just hey. ripping off your your uh, tim anderson that's just just uh twitter is seeping into my landscape now i'm just spewing everything that comes to my mind <laughs> that's even better though i mean it's a natural off the cuff insane fantasy take. i think you should be proud of that i don't know if we've ever had one of those before this I've never been first. proud of myself, so this is this is a first for me. We're breaking <laughs> new ground here. Insane fantasy takes. Good. All right, my turn. I suppose I will submit to you that Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers will have at least twenty saves this season. Mark it down. Insane fantasy takes. Now you might say, "Hey, man." That's not really an insane fantasy take. I think it would be based on what his ADP is and how he's being drafted. Uh, It's come up a little bit recently, but he's still a tremendous value. So I think based on what the market is telling me, what I'm seeing from the outside, him having 20 saves right now is not something that people are banking on because he's got a 537 ADP on NFBC.com since March 1st. So I think it's pretty bold, insane, radical, gnarly. Yeah, if he does take take hold of that closer's role right away, I'd see no reason why he couldn't run with it. There have been just randomly guys in my leagues kind of reaching for him, and it's not like, uh, okay, so I'll take this personally. I know you're a Tigers fan, but don't know how many saves are going to be going around with the Tigers this year, so they haven't exactly <laughs> been haven't exactly been a, a target of mine saves wise. But but however, I have been investing late in some Jose Cisnero in my draft and holds just oh. crazy, crazy late just as a, as a total flyer. I like his numbers. So no way. that's pretty, uh, that's insane. I'll give it to you. I did mention Cisnero with the dingers guys last week when I was on their podcast, we were talking tigers and we covered every part of the team. It was more of a, not just a fantasy focus, just a roster construction. I said, Cisnero could be in the mix for saves and I wouldn't be surprised if he had five or more. So yeah, good call. All right. So back to me. You are up, my good man. <clears throat> All right. So now we're back to actually let's stick with this is topical anyway. So let's stick Ooh. with the saves. And I am going to say that uh not James Karinchek, but Nick Whitgren is going to lead the Cleveland baseball team in saves this year. And in fact, I think he's going to be top 15 closer. Oh, yeah, that's even better. Wow. Should have waited. That's a double whammy. Nice work. I love it. I'm all oh, I'm all in on that. There's too much talent in that bullpen for Karinchak to be the main guy. Now, I know a friend of mine uh, who's watching the show right now, listening, Steve. Steve, how you doing out there? Steve Guile. He loves Karinchak. He's all in on Karinchak. So I guess we're going to find out who the 
wiser or more prescient person is on this Cleveland bullpen. Well, see, and I'll I'll shout out Bubba and the bat flip as well because they were early adapters on it. And uh, so like, <laughs> there you go, two of them. There's two of them. Sorry. Yeah. So you know, as I'm crowdsourcing these different opinions, listening to podcasts, you know, harkening uh, back to your earlier question, uh, they were one of the earliest ones that I heard mention the idea, the notion that so Wickren or um, Torinchek is obviously you know super sexy, enormous strikeout reliever. You know, back into the bullpen stuff, but you know they just spent an entire offseason unloading uh, every everything that isn't nailed down. Basically, you know they're trying to limit to cut costs. And Krinchak, he's 25 years old. He's just coming into the league. Saves pay in arbitration. So to give him all of the saves right off the bat, they're going to wind up paying him a lot of money in the long run. That obviously they don't want to pay for whatever reason. Um, so that's, it makes total sense for them to use him as the fireman, you know, have him come in seventh, eighth inning, face the heart of the order, whatever. And then they, they've got plenty of guys in that bullpen that are really good. Nick Whitgren is probably the guy who, you know, is the best among them, uh, you know, aside from Karajek and yeah, class A as well. Younger. He, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another younger guy. Yeah. So, you know, was oh, it class Whit- A? I'm sorry. Class A. Yeah. So Whitgren being, you know, was he 29? Uh, they don't really have to worry about paying him a bunch of money in the long run. They don't care. So uh, just give him all saves and, or the bulk of them anyway. I don't think that he's going to be necessarily the guy, but I would expect him to at least have a role in there. And spoiler alert, I'm writing him up in my uh, dudes uh, upcoming on fan tracks, and he is basically free in drafts. I believe I took him. Yes, I did in TGFBI. I've, I've, as far as I know, I've got 100% Wickren exposure, so... Uh, if he doesn't <laughs> get any saves, uh, it's you know what? It doesn't even hurt me that bad because he is so cheap. His ADP is, you know, on F- NFBC like 550 or something. He is just free. So just take him. Don't be that guy. I think it's actually a good guy to be. I love it. I'm totally down with it. And to give a credit where credit is due, Bubba and Batflip. Batflip was on the show with Bubba a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago. And... Toby said Phil Matone was another guy to watch out for in that bullpen. I had never heard of him before Toby came on the show that day. I was like, Phil Matone, who the hell is that? And then I looked at his numbers, and I was like, oh, okay. There's a reason I haven't heard of him, because he hasn't really made a name for himself. But he's been a reliever in the bigs for the last four years, and he had a 222 FIP as opposed to a 4.57 ERA in 21 innings pitched last year. Sure, it's not a lot to go on, but... It was enough to give me another guy that they have who could be a spoiler in that role. So that's why I, I totally buy what you're selling here on this Karinchak deal and taking Nick Whitgren as the guy who could be, you know, the numero uno. Phil Town, Whitgren, Class A, Karinchak. Yeah, the names just keep going and going. They've got guys. It's a great rotation, great bullpen. You know, if they just uh, had put money into that team instead of selling everybody off, it, it would be a really, really scary team. Yeah, that's not cool. Not cool at all, Cleveland. You guys are a bunch of dicks when it comes to being an owner. (laughs) But they got a great front office, so the front office does the best they can with what they have. I will give them credit for that. Sorry to rip on local AL Central teams, but that's what we do here. We got a Minnesota fan, we got a Tigers fan here. We're talking AL Central only for the rest of the show. So, what do you guys... No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Continuing forward here, a couple more. We'll wrap these up. Uh, Do you have a few more left, or did I burn you out? Are you cashed out? 
I've got, well, I've got one that's not too spicy and then another one that is going to be spicier. Okay, so good. I could kind of roll them together because one of them is kind of boring. You want me to just rattle those off? Uh, I'll go. I'll give you a breather okay. real quick, and then you could prepare it to make your final Ran Fidelli. Mine, Michael Gauvier, on this date, March 23rd, 2021. As I sit here, as I live and breathe, I got to say, I'm a big fan of Nick Solak. And I believe that Nick Solak will go 25-25 this year. That's right. Lock it in. We're talking home runs and steals. Insane fantasy takes. Texas loves to run like crazy, so they're going to let him fly around the base pass. And he has enough pop where I believe that he can get... Now, the 25 home runs, I think, is actually more unlikely than the 25 steals. But this is insane fantasy take, so I'm going for it. I think... 25-25 is in play for Nick Solak. And at second base, if that happens, you'll be thrilled to have Nick Solak. I'm a big fan of him. I'm obviously putting my money where my mouth is with this guy. I know it's a bit much. It's called insane fantasy takes, people, so I get it. But let's just have some fun here. So I'm putting it out there. There it is. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah, man. Um, so you, you like his positional versatility, too, because I believe he also qualifies in the outfield. I don't have any shares yet. Yeah, I'm not as spicy as you on him, but that is a spicy take. And he always he was one of those prospects that I really like, kind of those do-it-all kind of guys. You know, they don't necessarily have a standout tool. But like you were saying, 91st percentile sprint speed from him, you don't really expect that. But he's a fast dude, and like you said, they're going to let him run down there. Why the hell not? So, yeah, he could rack up the steals, and uh, I do like him. It's, it's, you know, nothing really stands out, right? He's just kind of average walk rate, uh, you know, above average or better than average, I should say strikeout rate decent contact guy just kind of kind of blends in a little bit but i like that he could he could definitely steal some some bases for you you know it's interesting too i'm just making this connection i haven't made it all off season he's another tampa bay guy that got traded to the rangers just like nate lowe did in the off season so um i wonder what's going on there they must have a kindred connection there with the front offices or something or they're dumping their stuff on texas and taking advantage of texas but i don't think solak's being Someone that you're like, oh man, we totally just took advantage of the Rangers. So I think that's, I think that's not as clear. But either way, there's a fun connection I hadn't realized. Yeah, I don't, I don't question what the Rays do either, because generally when they make a trade, they get the better end of it. So whenever they send someone away, it kind of makes me look askance at the, you know, the prospect or player that they that they shipped off. It's like eh, they they see something that they don't really care for there, and they're pretty sharp. So. You're yeah, right. Yeah. No, you're right about that. I, I mean, but Blake Snell has still got some years left, and obviously there's something they don't like about him. He doesn't mean he's going to be a bad pitcher in San Diego, as another example of a Tampa guy who was traded. I just, yeah, the Randy Rose Arena deal looks like it's working out pretty well for them, obviously, but we haven't seen what Matthew Liberatore has to offer either, so there's still some trades that are unsaid. I, I want to give it another year or two before I make my final judgment on some raised trades, and I'm really curious to see what the final results end up being. So, But you're not wrong. They're, they're a wise organization. They get the most out of nothing, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's an unfortunate situation that they're in, but uh, you know it, it is what it is. And I'm not saying that Silak is a bad player and they got rid of him just because they don't trust no. him or anything. It's just, you know, maybe it didn't fit into their, you know, you got to give something to get something usually. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, not... I've heard that. I've heard there's, yeah, that's well said, sir. All right. Yeah. Why don't you give us your final insane fantasy take? Put it all on the line right here, buddy. All right. So my, uh, I'll go with a, 
the, the lame one real quick. I'll just say that uh, Vlad Guerrero slugs 40 bombs and hits 330. Um, I, I also have FOMO on him. I don't have any shares in redraft yet, but I really think that this, you know, it's, it's all a bunch of hearsay and all that, you know, best shape of his life, whatever. Don't normally believe in that. But when you look at the dude from last year to this year, it is very apparent that he actually is in the best shape of his life. Somebody showed him what a weight room was. And so far the results in spring have been great. So thinking that this is going to finally be the year. And I say, finally, what's he like? 23. Uh, but anyway, 22, uh, 22. Yeah. <laughs> Barely 22. Ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think this is the year he ascends to, you know, maybe not Soto level, but he gets kind of on that plane where next year he's going to be a first round kind of guy. But uh, my spicier take, which is going along with my homerism is around Randy Dobnak finishes the year as a top 20 starter, baby. Woo! Randy Dobnak, he might not even open Insane the season with the team. He might open in AAA. He might be a long reliever. But uh, he showed uh, previously that, you know, he's huge. I believe he led baseball in the ground ball rate last year. And what did the Twins do but upgraded the hell out of that defense? They're moving Polanco, who is a bad shortstop, over to second base. They brought in Andrelton Simmons, you know, maybe the best shortstop out there. Their outfield defense is defensively yeah yeah that's yeah that's what i meant good qualifier I'm there tr- for i'm sure. caveating that big time yeah sorry oh I yeah, yeah. Do it. uh josh donaldson obviously when he's out there very good defender byron buxton gold glove center fielder you know um max kepler very good in right left field who cares about left field uh but <laughs> anyway so they their defense should actually be really good give randy five stars yes the uber driver plus he's got that handlebar mustache you can't not root for the guy so uh but but the reason for his breakout this year that i'm ho- hoping for boldly predicting whatever is because he changed the grip on his slider and it looks much better and he's been throwing it for all of about a week and a half so i think it could be a real big weapon for him uh along so he can get strikeouts uh i will pump um uh, an athletic tweet that I read from uh, Aaron Gleeman where he's talking about, you know, he was talking to Randy Dobnek about his approach. And he's, you know, he's joking like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a strikeout guy now, you know, but he was talking about his approach. Now he says, obviously he's still, he's still going to start off kind of pitching to contact and keep that ground ball lean earlier in the count. But now, you know, he's got that slider as uh, more of an out pitch, a strikeout pitch. So he's going to go for the strikeout when he can. So, you know, you look at his numbers previously, what's he like five, six strikeouts per nine, nothing that's going to really uh, tickle your pickle, but uh, he could be closer to a strikeout per inning. Obviously, if you look at the spring training numbers, it's like 13 Ks and eight and a third innings or something insane like that. So the results have been there early. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe he loses the feel for it or something, but the early returns are super promising. And so I think he's a guy who's going to be able to chew through a ton of innings. Um, hopefully that ground ball rate uh, doesn't wind up you know, having his BABIP, high, BABIP higher, that tends to happen sometimes. But hopefully the Twins' improved defense uh, keeps that BABIP low. And he can just chew through a ton of innings, get around a strikeout per inning. And, you know, I mean, he could have a mid-threes ERA. And so that by itself is, is going to be immensely valuable as a pitcher. Insane fantasy takes. Why you taking that player? Man, that is a good one. That's a perfect one to wrap up that segment on. I... Would love to see. I know a friend of ours. Well, I don't know if he's a friend. I kind of know him. He, I, we're acquaintances. He's been on the show before. But Alex Chamberlain, he loves Randy Dobnik. He's oh, yeah. part of that yep. Randy Dobnik crew. He, he was on Dobnik long before I was. Uh, so shout out to Chamberlain. One of the, yeah, one of the sharpest guys out there for sure. Love that dude. Uh, yeah, really good guy too. So it's 
Uh, and he's also another guy who's just totally free. I don't know what his ADP is, but I think it's in the 400s somewhere. You know, you can just you can just get him. <laughs> Whatever you you're doing now, you can just go draft Randy Dobnek right now. <laughs> yeah, stop what you're doing. Even you don't have to stop what you're doing. He'll be there later. I, don't worry. I, I don't care what league you're in. He's on the board. Just just get him. <laughs> he is. He is. I, he's a fun guy to root for, and I would love to see him be a difference maker. But today, as it stands. Isn't he outside looking in? Is Matt Shoemaker going to be healthy enough to actually make a difference in this rotation? I don't know. Uh, yes. I don't think you can count on Matt Shoemaker at all. So I think Randy Dominic's going to be just fine. He's going to have the opportunity, whether it's maybe not tomorrow, but the day after. I think I think that's pretty safe. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I prefaced it with he might, you know, he might open the season to AAA. He might open just as a swingman, long reliever, whatever. But yeah, you look at that rotation. You got, uh, well, Matt Shoemaker, you know, poor guy. Can never catch a break, uh, so he is probably he's got a great pitch. That's you know, slider, right? Or, or the splitter? Really, I can't remember. What, he's got yeah, a great pitch that is an out pitch. I, I've always liked Shoemaker, so I was stoked when when the Twins signed him. He just needs to stay healthy, and he's pretty much good uh, whenever he's out there. But he is invariably going to get injured. You know, uh, a guy like uh, Michael Pineda has missed some time in the past. Jay Happ is thirty eight years old. He might just need a walker at some point. So there, there will be Dobnek time. Dobnek time. Stop. Dobnek time. Do, 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 do. All right. I love it. Uh, my friend Steve Guile, by the way, who we mentioned earlier on the show, shout out to him. He's watching. He's watching live on YouTube, which you can do anytime you want if you want to catch our live stream. He texted me Dobnek's 2020 stats. K9 of 5.21 with an XBIP of 4.445. 445. Yes. Yeah, so, yep. Um, Not exciting at all. Yeah, I mean, that's why he's free in drafts, right? But this is what this segment's about. It's about taking a chance. It's about seeing opportunities now so that you can benefit before the player becomes more valuable. You want players at the lesser stage. If you could acquire them on the cheap and then they give you a maximal return, then that's that's party time. That's what fantasy baseball is all about, in my opinion. As a qualifier as well, like if you're playing in a 10, 12 team league, don't even think about Randy Dobnek. That's a, a very shy. You, every position player, every pitcher is going to be a superstar when you're in that kind of format. There's, I'm talking like 15 team leagues with a decent bench or a draft and hold, you know, so don't, don't go crazy with it. But, uh, you Move know, this man. <laughs> especially like you said, if he's not even starting with the team, you're just wasting a bench spot there. So let's keep an eye on I think hopefully people are intelligent enough to know it's called Insane Fantasy Takes. So that's the qualifier in the segment. And if yes. you didn't catch that, then you weren't paying attention, folks. Sorry, we can do nothing more for you here. All right, this is the Plaza Podcast. We're talking with Nathan Dockin. We are talking fantasy. It's a lot of fun. I want to get to some quick ADP here, and then we'll uh, get to the shine or ride the pine. We'll get the final predictions from the man himself, Nathan Dockin. Of course, this is a Rotofanatic podcast. Don't forget that. Rotofanatic.com. It's a fun website. You can go there, check out rankings. You can check out our projections we have. We got the data monster. We got a new article from Paul Mamino, my guy, at P. Mamino Fantasy on Twitter. I would like you guys to take a moment to check it out. It's about Zach Plesak. And when Paul speaks, class is in session, or when he writes. It doesn't have to be verbal. It could be a written word as well. But either way, he's a pretty smart guy, and his command... Plus, and the data monster combined with the WOBAs on pitch counts really give you insight into how pitchers pitch and how hitters hit. It's a win-win. So you learn a lot. Please check out the article about Zach Plesak. By the way, is there a is there a player, Nathan, that is more 
polarizing or more buzzy, the most buzziest of buzz-worthy players. Zach Plesak has had a lot of discussion around him this season. What's your quick take on him this year? Yeah, I guess I should probably read that article before I form a concrete opinion. But he's been one of, I, he's he's been one of my biggest fades of the year. I'm on the anti-Plesak bandwagon, partially just because of his douchebaggery from a year ago. I don't care for his personality, uh, so I just don't kind of want that juju on my team. But um, I also, so his command, he he got torched today. Obviously, it's still spring training. Whatever he might have been working on something. I don't know. I don't take the spring training stats totally to heart. But, you know, the command, I think, just has to be so fine because he doesn't have overpowering stuff that uh, I, it's just his ADP is just way too high. You know, if he was going a couple rounds later, I'd maybe think about it. But just at, at that price, I'm just not interested at all. He's just a super easy fade for me. I think the only place I got him is where he dropped a bit and in different formats, like uh, where pitching was less valuable as well. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Cleveland knows what they're doing, developing pitching. Yeah. Uh, and, and and especially in terms of mechanics and, you know, with Aaron Savali, like they, they get guys and they just they have the pinpoint command. But I, I just think that, uh, yeah, Plesek needs that to continue. And I just don't uh, like I said, if he was cheaper, I'd, I'd be thinking about it. But what is he like a top 30 starting pitcher off the board? It's just too rich for my blood. Oh, I wish Dave McDonald was on the show right now. So you guys go head to head on this. Dave McDonald from oh. Rotosaurus loves him some Zach Fleasag. He's also a local Clevelander, so his heart's in it. But he also plays in the main event, so he puts his money where his mouth is. I, I can't wait to see where this stuff ends up. I kind of want to fast forward to the end of the season to see what the results are to find out who was right and who was wrong. But at the same time, I want to cherish this season because when it's over, <laughs> it could be a sad time for all of us with a labor strike. But. Uh, let's not think about that now. Let's enjoy every day we get. It's 162 games. Are you excited about 162 games, by the way? Because we had such a short oh. season last year. Yeah, you have no idea. I basically, well, you know, I, 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 think I basically have a tuned idea. out. <laughs> yeah, I, I tuned out basically last year. just too much going on. And especially in the world of baseball, it seems like if you turned away for five minutes, you missed 20 bits of news. And, you know, this player's hurt and this guy's got COVID and whatnot. So it was just a cluster. So it feels to me like I've been without baseball for more than an entire year, which is just terrible. So, yeah. 162 games. I'm stoked to hopefully everybody gets vaccinated. We can get out to games and watch them safely. I can go see my twins at some point this year and uh, just everything kind of gets back to normal. Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to 162. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Maybe I'll get to come up to Target Field and make my debut there. We'll go to a game if, if that's uh, you allowed. You know, I would love to go to Target Field still. I've never even been to Minnesota as a state, so I have a lot of traveling I need to do. But I need to make sure that I stay healthy, of course. It's important. Yes, that is the primary concern. Beautiful stadium, beautiful state as well. So You don't miss the Metrodome? I never made it to the Metrodome. I was a little bit uh, too oh. young for that. And, of course, being an eight-hour drive away, and being so young, my parents and my parents didn't care about baseball. So I, I had to find, <laughs> find baseball like on my own. I didn't go to a Twins game until I was a, a full grown adult. Oh, OK. I mean, it's true. You yeah. you don't live in Minnesota. So, yeah, it's not like you can just run over to the neighborhood real quick and catch a game. Good point. All right. It's time for ADP scenarios. We're going to get Nathan Dawkins take on some ADP quandaries. So find out what he says. That's right. These are the eternal questions we all ask ourselves 
every single time we draft. And in this segment, it's no different. Let's take it from a roto approach right now. Redraft, of course. No dynasty at this time. I do reserve the right, though, to change the structure of these scenarios if I see fit. Do you understand? Sounds like a lot of power on your end that you're wheeling, but I respect it. So, <laughs> I am, well, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am very powerful. I don't know if you know, but I'm kind of a big deal. Phenomenal cosmic power. That's me. Yes. I run a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm a big deal. All right, let's talk fan DP. I said fan DP. Wow, that was a blub. Move <laughs> forward, Michael. Move forward the show. I want to ask you this one because I just want to see what you would say. So this is Roto Redraft. If you were at pick seven, would you take Trey Turner, Garrett Cole, or Jose Ramirez? Man, yeah, that's tough. And I, I've been either towards, I've been in the top four for like all of my drafts this year. It's really, really weird because usually I'm towards the tail end. And this year I would probably prefer to be towards the tail end because I like all of those guys. Uh, and that's oh. like that's like a nice meaty center right in the middle of drafts right there. But man, if I could, you know, if I was in a 12 or 15 team league and I could get a guy like, you know, Trevor Story along with, you know, you could get Christian Yelich back there. Like there's so many steals. Um, I think I would just go with the Trey Turner just because if that guy stays healthy, he does have over number one overall upside. He's got the power. I mean, he could he could really have, uh, you know, 25 homer season with, you know, 40, 50 steals and hitting at the top of the lineup. And he hits for great average as well. He could hit 300. So I think he's got that upside to be the number one overall player. And if I would, you know, I'm going to fade Cole just because I could probably get another pitcher that I'll feel okay with coming back around in the second round. And then Jose Ramirez is probably my favorite player in baseball. And he's with Cleveland there. So I don't hate Cleveland. Um wow. <laughs> And you know you're going to get the steals from him, uh, but I, I would just prefer between those two bats. I would prefer Trey Turner. Okay, so you take Trey Turner there, yep. and then it comes back around. Let's say it's the second round now, so several picks have gone back. Remember, we're at the seventh spot here in a snake draft, redraft, roto. So you want to take a pitcher at this point? Is that would that or would you like to have a hitter? If you've already I'm taken pretty- the hitter. I'm pretty much, especially if I took a hitter in the first round, I'm pretty much always taking a pitcher here in the second. Okay, so let's say Giolito was gone. and w- Between Bueller, Nola, and Darvish, what of those three were left? Yeah, that's pretty uh, easily going to... I do have a Nola share this year, so I'm, I'm definitely going to go with him. Uh, you know, I got the, the NL there. I still worry a little bit about health with Darvish. And with Bueller, you know, they're kind of bringing him along slowly. As as they always do, but I'm just from from my horse. I want a ton of innings, and I feel like Aaron Nola is going to give me that. And I'm not necessarily convinced that Walker Bueller is going to do that, especially you know the Dodgers like to dodger their pitchers around. So I I think out of those three, he'll probably wind up with the fewest amount of innings. I do think there'll be great innings, but I'm yeah I'm definitely going with Aaron Nola there. Okay, I I'm with you on the Darvish talk there. There's something about him that just makes me pause, and I would rather take one of those other guys like you said i'd rather i would love giolito if i could get him i i think giolito is probably my number four sp if borderline number three like bieber is bieber a lock to you or is that still something that could be debated about him being the sp3 no he's he's my sp3 for sure 
I'm not, uh, you know, even if, if he goes out whenever he's on the mound next and, you know, gives up seven runs or whatever, like Plesak did today, that I don't care. As long as, you know, he had that COVID <laughs> diagnosis. As long as, as long as his velocity is doing fine, he looks healthy, he's my SP3. Big deal, whatever. Accidents happen, right? That's true. They do. Okay, good call. Let's move down now. Let's go a little bit deeper here with some ADP conundrums, some scenarios here. Let's move down. This is a 12-team Roto League, for example. All right, it's 12. We're in the eighth round, so we're on pick 96-ish here. And we need to get ourselves a hitter. Now, we want to get a hitter here. Just pretend you already took a bunch of pitching. So, in this spot, would you prefer Eddie Rosario? And let's say it's an outfielder, too. So, I'm going outfield. Buxton, Rosario, or Charlie Blackman? Blackman, Eddie Rosario, or Buxton? I'm. I will tell you, I'm not going to draft any of those players on any of my teams. Uh, but <laughs> if I were if I were forced to choose between them, I would definitely go with Buxton just because he's got uh, the upside to be a power speed guy. But that said, I mean, obviously Buxton, he's he, poor guy, just gets dinged up every year, and now the Twins, they just really aren't running. Even he didn't attempt a lot of stolen bases last year. They've got too many plotters on the bases now with the old guys, and you know, you got Sano and Donaldson and Nelson Cruz just kind of you know like rolling basically from first base to second base and you can't really steal a bunch of bases even if you're Byron Buxton I don't care how fast you are so uh, I don't know that that upside is there this year that I would that I've kind of dreamt on in previous years you know you want him to be that like 20 home run 30 stolen base guy or maybe 40 steals even something like that but yes uh, you know I would so between all of them I mean you can get guys like Eddie Rosario like um, like Charlie Blackman later on in drafts, you can get that similar non-speed, you know, just pure hitter kind of skill set. So I would just, between the three of those, I would go with uh, Buxton for the upside, theoretical upside. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, <laughs> your opinion, man. That's exactly what it is. It's his opinion. Come on, the dude, get it together. Buxton fever still takes hold. People get, a, they get it and they get sick and they still want, that potential and he's not dead yet he's not an old man yet isn't there one year where byron buxton could actually be healthy just once it's possible yeah it's he's he's not out of time yet you know he's still young ish but uh yeah adp on nfbc looks like 112 since march 1st so that's still oof you're still paying a pretty high premium like those are some good players going around him at that point in the draft with a lot less uh, concern. I guess it's funny. The next hitter after him is Giancarlo Stanton. So, you know, not uh-huh. so much there, <laughs> but a guy who I love going right after Mike Moustakis. I mean, obviously if you need an outfielder, it's a different story, but Mike Moustakis, spoiler alert, he's going to be a dude for me this year. He's go, you know, outside of the top 180 P he's going to qualify it first, second and third and hit you probably 30 home runs, maybe drive in a hundred runs. Like what more could you ask for from a guy? And, so if I'm going to draft him or Byron Buxton, I'm going to go with Moustakis 100% of the time, even if it fills up my infield, because he's going to have that position versatility. And I got a guy who's pretty much going to stay healthy the whole year. I don't have to worry about, you know, plugging somebody in for my bench. Okay. All right. I respect that. Well, let's say you need to take a catcher. We're a couple rounds further now. So oh. in like the, yeah. Would you take, do you have a policy <laughs> on early catcher drafting in redrafts or no? If I, if I can't get JT Romuto, then I'm just going to avoid because the other catchers that are being drafted, are, you know, even cl- anywhere close to him are just huge avoids for me right now. Um, so, yeah, I, 
really in all the drafts that I've done so far, it's all two catcher leagues. And I just, I am wait, wait, waiting right now. I mean, we, we just heard Will Smith, you know, they, they announced he's not going to be catching every day or anywhere close to that. Austin Barnes is going to steal a lot of playing time. Salvador Perez, like holy recency bias, Batman. Yes. I mean, yep. the guy hits 300 one year and all of a sudden he's the number two catcher. Like I've loved Salvador Perez for many years. He's been a dude for me a couple of times because it's like, well, I guess no respect, but now people are overreacting to He's still the same guy. He always was. Uh, just so don't draft him at ADP of 80, you know, but sorry to, sorry to just blabber on like that. No, thank you. I have given a name to my pain. And Salvador Perez, I, you guys are out to lunch on Perez. You bought into way too much recency bias, as Nathan just so clearly put. I don't want anything to do with Salvador Perez, especially that price. It's ridiculous. But it's a couple rounds later, you're forced to. Would you rather draft Gary Sanchez or Christian Vasquez or James McCann? Yeah, I'm easily going to go with Gary Sanchez in that one because if I if I am drafting a catcher at that point, it's going to be for that Gary Sanchez potential upside. Like that dude could really hit 30 home runs from the catcher position. Nobody else is going to hit 30 home runs from the catcher position, and he could potentially drive in, you know, like 80 RBI, something like that, and definitely kill your batting average. But uh, maybe in an Aww. OBP league, it's not so bad. But you know, catcher is such a detrimental position to your batting average anyway that. I'm I'm more willing to throw caution to the wind and not really care about that, uh, but yeah. I, otherwise, I, I'm really just I'm not drafting any catchers high. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to have any actual shares of Gary Sanchez. But if I was drafting any of those, it'd be on the hopes that he bounces back. But that's why you pair Gary with Omar Narvaez. Give that nice oh, solid go. 270, way down there. I'm telling you, it's not a bad way to go. Yep, just a thought. Just a thought, everybody. Think about these things. Think about pairing, especially two catcher leagues, which are not always as common, but. You know, industry-wise, you know, on NFBC, they're pretty standard. I hate two-catcher leagues, but they're everywhere. Uh, yeah, it is still standard. I think we should start to move away from that. It's just so much more fun yes. playing with one catcher and just adding a second utility slot. Let's just do that. I Let's agree. just make that the norm. Somebody, someone with more authority than me should just throw down the gauntlet on that. <laughs> just change it in all the leagues. Everybody is right. CBS, the overlords of CBS that are hanging out with the overlords from Taco Bell. Right now, I see you out there. <laughs> just, just make it the standard. One catcher, two util. Let's go. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I am with you all a day on that. Hail to the chief. You are the president of fantasy baseball going forward. I like the platform you have to offer, Nathan. I really do. All right, we're cruising down further now, so we're still drafting. We got a few more rounds in. We're getting deeper. We're getting the late 190s into the 200s, and we, we're like, man, we didn't really get any relief pitching yet, so we need a relief pitcher. We got to get some saves here. Would you rather have Jordan Hicks? Taylor Rogers, your boy, or Matt Barnes? Hicks, Barnes, or Rogers? Well, this is a common situation for me because, as we discussed earlier, I, I'm not one to typically dive in on the early closers. So I would go with, I, I guess I would just be a homer and go with Taylor Rogers because um, I feel like he is at least going to get a pretty good, like I feel pretty good about him getting 50% of the saves in Minnesota. Yes. And I, I can't say that about, uh, well, I mean, Barnes, I don't know if I want those saves, you know. <laughs> oh, it's still, I, I don't Adovino's know if I there now. It could be 50%. It, 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 exactly, yeah. And I just, I, I don't trust Barnes to hold on to that role or to necessarily give me good ratios. You know, I don't want to have heartburn every time my closer goes out there and takes <laughs> them out, right? And he's he's going to do that to me. So I just, I just don't want him on my team. So I want the good ratios with Rodgers. 
Yeah, I think he's being undervalued now because Colome signed, but it's not a foregone conclusion that he still will get plenty of save opportunities. And yeah, it'll be a committee, and the Twins like to do things a certain way, and yes, Hansel Robles is there, but who cares about that? I would just not be so negative on Rodgers. I, I wouldn't want to take him where his ADP started in the offseason at like 110, 120-ish. It's fallen now where I definitely would be happy right. to take him. Yeah, if we just had any kind of clarity on what was going on in St. Louis, then I would feel a lot better. But yeah, you know, no, you're right so about that. At, that a- at that point in the draft, if you're taking a stab on saves, you want to, to at least know that you're getting a decent share. You know, like I want to get a guy who's at least going to get theoretically 50 percent uh, of the saves. And I just don't know if that's the case with Hicks. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, that's a mess over there. All right. So there's a little bit of ADP talk there with Nathan Dock, and that's it. I want to get some feel for his draft analysis. ADP is Kyle Tucker, top 30. Should I pitch out with Mondesi? Max Muncy, should I wait on closers or draft Ryan Presley? All right, it's time for the final segment of the show here. We made it. We've done a great job with Nathan Dockin at Nathan Dockin on Twitter. 2Ks. Don't forget, Nathan is back in the game. He is going to be ready for fan tracks again this year, 2021. He's got the fever. He needs more cowbell. That's the only cure for him is to hear that fantasy baseball cowbell. Ding, ding, ding. We got him back, and it's a benefit. Truly, it is. I was telling him before the show, it is a benefit that he is writing and sharing his thoughts with us in the fantasy baseball world. It's a it really is. Uh, it makes me feel good. I'm happy that you're doing that. Well done, Nathan. Cheers to you. I, I appreciate that uh, very much. I, I, all I wanted was cowbell, and instead I got a writing gig for Fantasy Baseball. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> here I am. Uh, you know, somebody missed a memo. Yeah. All right. Shine or ride the pine. Now, this is where we put it all on the line. I give you a projection, and you give me a prediction. There's no pushes. You're either shining it or you're riding the pine on it. It's that simple. Are you ready, Mr. Dockett? Let's go. Woo! All right. We're going to be using stopper projections from our good pal Steve Paolo. Of course, Rotofanatic has projections, too, that Crosby Spencer has been working on. Please go to rotofanatic.com and check those out. But I like to throw Steve Paolo's work in the mix sometimes because I like Steve. He's a good guy. He's a good egg, as he likes to say. Stopperprojections.com. That'll take you where you need to go, and you can follow along if you like. All right. Let's get right to it. First name I'm throwing at you is Salvador Perez that we just talked about. I figure, why not? Let's go for it. Salvador Perez is projected for a 278 batting average by Steve. Shine or ride the pine? 278? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine on that one. Um, he's, you know, so as I pull up his stats, 333 last year, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he's uh, never hit above 300. Well, since, uh, I guess, 2012. Look way back. You know, what wow. were you doing in 2012? Uh, but I mean, he's <laughs> probably gonna hit about 260, like he pretty much always does. A career 269 average. So, um, you know, if you say 278, I'm definitely gonna take the under. Especially the older he gets, I would say the you know the lower the chances are that he would hit for a higher average. I mean, anybody, anybody can run into some Babbitt luck like he did last year, 375 Babbitt. But sure, yeah, you know, he's he's a guy who I've always liked. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't hate Salvador Perez. He's been a value catcher for a long time for me because he's so consistent. Like he catches uh, more games than the average catcher. He hits for 20 plus, you know, was it 27 home runs two years in a row, 2017 and 2018. Uh, You know, I in decent batting average as well. So there's really not a lot to dislike this year, except for his ridiculous ADP. Go back and, you know, if if you draft him like he has been for the past 
X number of years. I'm totally fine with him. But yeah, I've taken the under on uh, a 278 average. Taking the under on his 80, fading him. There it is. Seven Perez. I am also going to ride the pine on that. I'm joining you, good sir. Next up, Josh Hader, Milwaukee Brewers closer. Uh, there was an article or a quick report came out today that he will be used in a traditional closer's role going forward. So I guess that means no two-inning outings, I would assume. That's traditional, right? Not like classic, mm-hmm. which was Brent Sutter and all those guys pitching two, three innings, which is a different era. So, shine around the pine on... Tw- oh, oh, I want to make sure I get this right. Oh, oh boy, I almost blew it. Shine <laughs> around the pine on Josh Hader having... 24 or more saves. Yeah, I guess I'll shine on that. Uh, given this news, that makes it more enticing to draft him as ADP. Like, I still won't do it. But if you have shares to this point, you got to get the warm fuzzies from him saying that. I guess that's what happens when you get someone like Devin Williams in there that you can use as a, you know, as a fireman and just bring him out in the seventh, eighth inning or whatever um, and just save Hater for the ninth inning. Um, so yeah, if I if I had any say any shares of him, I'd feel really good about him right now because I mean obviously the strikeout stuff is there. He's just like he's the perfect closer candidate. Essentially, it's going to be a pretty good team there, in Milwaukee, and they, he should rack up plenty of saves. So yeah, if, especially with the news today, I will take the over on twenty four saves for Hater. Yeah, I think I'll join you on that as well. I hate to be so you know, understanding about everything, but yeah, even if he gets traded, I still see him getting the closing opportunities. So. I think 30 saves very likely this year. Mike Moustakas, the Moose, a guy you just referenced earlier that you like. He's one of your dudes this year. 29 or more home runs. Shine or ride the pie? Oh, give me give me the shine on that for the Moose. I hmm. he's, he's a dude for me. I believe I, believe I mentioned that earlier anyway. And I, I do a little projection for those guys as well when I write them up. And I believe I gave him 30 homers, maybe 32. And if you look at... A lot of the projection systems, if you just pull them up uh, on fan graphs or whatever, uh, they're pretty much all over 30, except for Zips gives them 28. But like the bat has him at 37. Uh, even conservative ass steamer has him at 37 overruns. So wow. yeah, yeah, in that ballpark and hopefully, assumedly, unless he gets nicked up playing every day, I will take the over. Uh, I'm, I'm a shine on my, the moose. I've got to. He's my dude. Yeah, you have to. You would be a hypocrite otherwise, and that's not you. You're a straight shooter. I'm going to ride the pine on this, though. I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about Moustakas this year, and maybe I'll get burned badly because I respect you as an analyst, but something just tells me uh, it's not going to go his way. That doesn't mean he won't hit 27 home runs, but technically that would be ride the pine. So I'm going to ride the pine. Doesn't mean it's a disaster year, but I'm just not quite feeling 29 or 30 bombs, and that's okay. People can disagree on this show. Moving forward here on Shine or Ride the Pine, we're using Steve Paulo's Stomper Projection, Stomper.com. StomperProjections.com. Sorry, Steve. God, I'm such a doofus. Why do I host this show? Tony Gonsolin, LA Dodgers. You may be familiar with his work. He is known for you know, keeping a pretty low ratios. Could we expect in 2021 for Tony Gonsolin to provide us with a 110 or lower whip? 110 or less. Shine or Ride the Pine. Oh, man. Whip is actually probably my biggest deficiency in terms of drafting teams. I just forget about Whip. Like, that guy walks the farm. I don't care. He gets a bunch of strikeouts. Draft him. So that's my weakness. So I would I would say that, um, oh, gosh. I'll take the under. He's, 
he's, I, I don't expect a ton of innings from him necessarily. So I think that as long as uh, he doesn't get overexposed and that's something that you rarely have to worry about with the Dodgers, I think that he'll be all right. So I'll, I'll take the under on the 110. All right. You're going to shine it. And I'm going to shine it too. I love Gonsolin this year. And yes, the innings are subject to be determined going forward. And I think that plays into this. But regardless, I think he's on his way to being a, a pretty damn good pitcher when it comes to command and limiting the opportunity to make hard contact and to walk better. So I think I think this is in play. I'm going to shine it as well. 110 or less. Let's do it. Woohoo! All right, we'll move forward on the Answerico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Josh Bell, he plays for the Washington Nationals now. I don't know if you heard, but he got traded from mm. the Pittsburgh Pirates in the offseason. That's uh, big news. Big story over there. In 2021, could we expect Josh Bell, of all people, to provide us with 21 or more home runs this season? Well, I sure hope so. Uh, 21 is a pretty pretty easy number, I think, for him to eclipse, especially if you look back uh, as you know, 30 plus with 37 home runs in 2019. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, he <laughs> fell off a lot in that second half and uh, has not been the same guy since. So, you would think if he, you know, 138 ISO last year. That doesn't translate very well for 21 homers this year, but I think that um, he will, I think he'll pretty easily eclipse that. He should play just about every day there. So I, I think that even with a potentially dead end ball, he should be able to get over there, get closer to maybe that 25 to 30 range. Yeah, I feel like, uh, Steve, there might be a glitch in this matrix here or something because 21, <laughs> I know he had a terrible 2020, but that's, you know, it's trash. It was short sample size Pittsburgh was miserable everybody there was miserable so it wasn't his fault and I think 21 is a slam dunk so I'm gonna shine that and then some well let me throw this at you I, I rarely do this but I, I'm just curious now so he also has him projected for a 250 batting average would you shine or ride the pine on 250 yeah he's a little bit more of an OBP guy 250 um uh, that's kind of about what I would expect from him. I guess just because I'm an optimistic dude, I'll take, uh, I'll shine the 250 average. But. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to shine it too. I, I just think it's a new digs, uh, a lineup that'll be much improved opportunity. That doesn't have anything to do with his batting average necessarily. Yes, he does hit a lot of ground balls at times, but he also has tinkered with the swing a lot. And I think if the mechanics are corrected and he's organized, I think he can hit 270. I really do. I don't think that's that crazy. So I'm going to shine on 250 or better. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it. How about Mike Soroka? Mike Soroka is a guy who tore his Achilles last year. Very sad news. But he's on the mend, and things are looking up in 2021. Mike Soroka, will he give us 131 or more innings pitched? Shine it right the pine. Well, it's always tough with the guys that are already injured. But I did take a stab on him. In that uh, aforementioned draft and hold where Gallo is my ace, so really got my fingers crossed for Mike Soroka to beat his uh, estimated timetable back uh, to the league. But I guess I'm going to be optimistic on this one because once he gets back, I expect him to be one of those guys that goes six, seven innings pretty regularly. Uh, you know, not, not a huge strikeout guy, so he's going to be more of the uh, innings chewer type of guy, but he can give you you know plenty of good ratios over that span. So it sounds like so far he's just going to be delayed a couple weeks into the season. So if everything goes according to plan, then I think he can do the 130. What's up, Mike? 
Yeah, Mr. Doctor in the house. What's up, Mr. Doctor, yeah. my rotofanatic pal? You can read Mr. Doctor's closing remarks every week. He does bullpen work, and he does a damn fine job of doing it. So you're shining 131 or more innings pitch. That's impressive. All right. You have no fears about an Achilles. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be close. I, it's I going to be tight, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't feel confident about it, but if I had to choose between the two, uh, things sound favorable to this point, so I'll take, I'll try it. Yeah. Okay. They wanted him to be the star. Uh, they had high hopes for him. Didn't quite go his way. I think in 2021, 131 innings, I'm going to ride the pine. Just barely. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. So. Yeah, this is a Mike Soroka song, by the way. That uh, I noticed. <laughs> it's almost done. Mike, we hope you're on the mend, and I don't expect you to pitch 131 innings, but Nathan's taking a shot, and that's why we play this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I got no regrets. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, a couple more. We'll call it a day. Kirby Yates, we don't need to do him because he is off the map now, off the grid, as they say. Bobby Dahlbeck of the Boston Red Sox, 25 or more home runs. Shine or ride the pine. Uh, one of my spoonerism names, Dobby Ballback. I almost can't call him by the right name anymore. <laughs> Matt Shoemaker, another one of my favorites, by the way. Shat Moomaker. Mm, that's a fun one. Um, I, I I don't know if I have the uh, confidence in everyday playing time and contactability from Bobby Delbeck to, was it 25 home runs, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine on that one. He's, he's obviously got the power, but like I said, I don't know about the, uh, the playing time and the contactability are huge question marks for me, so I'm going to ride the pine. Yeah, I think there's a lot of moving parts over there that people don't recognize. A lot of guys are competing in spring, too, so it's making it complicated for them. Yes, he certainly has the power to hit 25 home runs, but it's a matter of opportunity. And I think they're going to be trying to compete again this year, believe it or not. So I'm going to ride the pine out as well. I just do not quite see it. He could hit 20 home runs in, I don't know, 300 at-bats, and he'd be like, okay, that was was serviceable, and that's very doable, but that's not 25. It is not. Moving down the list, how about a pitcher? We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher or a butt licker. Is that what they say? What is it? We want I think a pitcher. So. Something like that, yeah. So. At any rate, uh, Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros seems to be the incumbent closer, if you will. So can we expect him to give us... Oh, is this true? Wow, interesting. Sometimes he... I love Steve Paulo's projections. They're so fascinating. 30 or more saves this year. Shine or ride the pine. Yeah, as long as he's healthy and everything's clicking, that's going to be a very good team. I'll I'll shine that for sure. I think he could be one of the best closers in our game. Wow, okay. That is fantastic. I love it. I am going to shine it as well. I think the same of Mr. Presley, and I would join you in that consideration. James Paxton, Seattle Mariners. He's no longer a Yankee. He's back to where it all started, back to basics. Can we expect a 1.51 or lower whip this year? 1.51. That's a low bar to clear. You said whip, right? (laughs) That's not ERA, a 1.5 whip. That's harsh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the pretty easy. I'll I'll shine that. I'll take take the under on that whip. (laughs) That's if, if, oh boy, if he does that, then we're in trouble. I'm already at the zero Paxton shares guy, but... um, 
yeah, if, if he's anywhere near that, it's going to be a rough year for Paxton. Paxton drafters. Yeah, I feel like he's going to get he's going to feel comfy back in Seattle in the Northwest, and he'll get under a one point five one. He still might not be that great, but I just feel like a one point five one is harsh, harsh, Steve. I'm I'm going to shine that all day. Uh, Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres used to be a pirate. He used to be an Astro. Now he's a Padre. Never really healthy though. But can we expect Joe Musgrove to give us? That's right. Eight wins. Eight or more wins this year. Shine or ride the pine. Oh, well, that's that also on a very good Padres team is a fairly low bar to clear. So uh, I guess I don't even really I'm not a huge Musgrove guy. I'm in the small camp of people who just need to see it over a full season before it really happens. But just as long as he can stay healthy um, I and, and you know, pitch half decent. I think that he can get eight wins pretty easily on what should be a pretty loaded Padres team. Yeah, I guess I think the mystery there is the injuries. That's the only yeah. that could be the only reason why this number's that low. Because otherwise, you're right. This should be a ten win season would be in play. Yeah, he, he managed to win eleven games with the Pirates one year. So that's if he can do that, he can do anything. <laughs> that is a great call. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to shine that. I. I buy in the Musgrove hype. Sometimes I get talked into it, and I may have drafted him once or twice. I didn't get too crazy with it, but some people are saying he's game changer at his ADP, which has climbed up to like 110-ish. He's in that section with like Pablo Lopez and other pitchers like that. So we'll see. We will find out. CJ Krohn is in Colorado now, and everybody loves this move. They think it's a guarantee that he'll hit 23 or more home runs this season. Shine or ride the pine. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll shine that. He is, I mean, assumedly going to win the first base gig. I can't imagine that he doesn't at this point. He's had a decent enough spring. and um, you It know, is the Rockies, though. It is the Rockies, but he, he's a veteran. So I think that means that they'll just give him, you know, he's not a, a young up-and-coming <laughs> prospect who uh, right. our dynasty leaguers are all drooling over that they just <laughs> inexplicably bench and keep signing like you know matt kemp to deals for just to block him or whatever now crone is the old guy so he'll get the at bats or at least most of them uh you know coors will help his uh batting average but yeah was it 20 23 home runs i'll take the over i'll shine it yes yeah, so the rockies prophecy was it read correctly or not i don't know but yes they normally says all veterans get first right of refusal on the rockies all right last one here we'll call it a day we're gonna wrap it up with Hmm. Yeah. Pablo Lopez of the Marlins. A guy. This is a guy, by the way, that was mentioned in your insane fantasy take about four Marlins finishing in the top 30. So I assume you'll probably shine whatever I throw at you, but we'll find out. <laughs> I am. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. This 159 or more strikeouts. Shine or ride the pine. 159. Ooh, 159. That's, that's still a lot. Um,. Because he is probably about a strikeout per inning guy-ish. So he would be probably among the league leaders in innings and strikeouts, if that is it. So that's just because, yeah. well, because of what I said earlier, I guess I'll shine it. But I would say if I'm being more realistic rather than, um, you know, crazy prediction docking, I would take, <laughs> uh, I would ride the pie on that more realistically. Yeah, I'm going to shine it. I feel like, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good yeah, number. That's it. why we're torn. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to shine it. I, I think he's going to have a... He's going to get the full opportunity to pitch. If he can give us 145 innings pitch, I think the K9 can get up enough that he could crack 160. I, I, it's a little radical. It's bold. It's out there. But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to shine it. I'm doing it. And there it is. We've done it. We've completed Shine or Ride the Pine with Nathan Dawkins. That was a lot of fun. We covered so much ground on the show today. This was a full episode. You got your money's worth on this one, even though the show is completely free, by the way. And uh, I want to say thank you so much to all of you that participated in the live stream with your comments, like Brian Rodman, ND from ND was awesome. Thank you, lads, of course. He is ND from ND, always will be. And as we close the show, Nathan, the floor is yours. Your final spiel, your farewell spiel is in play. Speak freely. Uh, I just want to thank you for having me, Gov. You're doing the the Lord's work over here. I love everything that you put out. You're you're like the most entertaining guy in the fantasy baseball industry. So keep uh, keep putting out these the videos and these podcasts and everything. Uh, I'll support you however I can, and I just uh, I'm appreciative for you having me back on here. And this is uh, the first non nasty cast podcast that I've done this year. Maybe it'll be less. No, probably not. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. Thanks, thanks for uh, getting me back in here. I'm getting lubricated, getting getting all warmed up, getting back into the swing of things right before the season. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate the time, man. It's good talking to you. Absolutely, anytime, my friend. You are always welcome on the show. Anytime you want to talk baseball, it's an open invite. Nathan Dockin is not only a good analyst; he knows baseball. He loves baseball, but he's a good person too. He's a reasonable human being, and I would. Toast you anytime. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Send us your thoughts, your prayers, your commentaries, your fantasy questions. We got about, what, nine, ten days until opening day here. We'll be doing a... Also, oh, I'll get to you on this. Maybe you'll pop on. We're going to do a live stream. Me and Curland are going to do an opening day live stream, like a mega live stream. So we can talk about it later. If you want to pop on, maybe say a few words if you're after work we're doing it for like five hours it's gonna be crazy and silly and totally out to lunch but it's gonna be a lot of fun so we're looking forward to that as well and then tomorrow we'll have simon dice on the show so we're looking forward to having simon on thank you everybody thank you to nathan make sure you keep an eye on nathan because he's back at fan tracks he's writing again do not miss his work godspeed everybody drafting in the ninth round drafting in the ninth round staring Matt Olson down staring Matt Olson down I can't decide between Olsen, Goldie, or Bob please company too drafting in the 12th round drafting in the 12th round another top closer down another top closer down right lads now I know there's not a faint heart among you and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs>
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.